Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome yourself to episode six. My name is Mike Busey, but you already knew that, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Miguel Colon Jr. What's up, Mike? Six in? Like, now this is clockwork for us, bro. We've just tied MJ. Got yeah. six championships, we can retire. Done, man. Done. When are we coming back with a 45 podcast? You know, where it's just like... Mm-hmm. I never thought we'd actually be back. I mean, I planned on coming back, like, the week after we stopped doing this. That was, like, six years ago. But then I was like, huh. Eh. After seeing what's going on in this world, I wasn't too motivated to come back. But now I got shit to say. Yeah, you know. And I when we of, get when we get back from tour, I'll be honest, I don't want to be in this business anymore. Yeah, the I first week back from tour, I looked around at people that I spent forty five days with, and I'm like, I never fucking liked any of you. Why do you know? I want. Why do you think I take a whitewater rafting? I'm hoping one of them dies. Yeah, we had tour with whitewater rafting, and uh, in fact, this year tour, what was funny is. Uh, we went white water rafting over in Georgia, and uh, the, the spot that we went to in Georgia was this small-ass little town. Uh, I believe it was, like, northern Georgia. And we went over there, and me, Mac, and Doug decided not to go hot white water rafting. Me and Doug were just exhausted from Pussies. driving. Uh, we drive ourselves through the tour, and then Mac just didn't want to get in a white water raft because he's a little, little midget. And so we went, uh, we went to this little diner, me, Matt, or me, Doug, and Mac. And we went to this little-ass diner in northern Georgia, and we sat in there. And when we walked in, those people's jaws dropped because it's this big-ass, fat Puerto Rican dude, uh, a tiny black midget, and then Doug with his roadie long-ass hair uh, looking like that he's fucking touring with, with Guns and Roses. And we walked in and we sat You forgot there. to add that Midget Mac had a... Make America great again. He had that on. MAGA hat to make sure that, like, fucking we could go certain places. Like, the MAGA hat was his pass. And we sat down at the diner, and I remember them just looking at us, and they were just like, I don't know about this at all, man. We, went, we found some cave in some random place, because I'm the type of guy. Caves I'm, and waterfalls, that's what you I'm kept telling me. Clark Griswold-like-ish. I'm like, no, we're fucking going to damn fucking Wally World. And... If it takes us a month to get there, it takes us a month. But once I have something in, on my heart and I want to do it, we're fucking doing it. Yeah, we went to the caves in the Ozarks, man. We went to some place and we were pulled over, granted, in a giant tour bus with my giant ugly head and hot sexy ladies and Midget Mac, who is the darkest midget on, on that I've seen ever. Yeah. Uh, do, do y'all know? He's a, like a, a Nigerian darker? Oompa Loompa. Yes. You know? And we're in, we're in fucking uh, the Bible Belt. And they're like, what the hell's this? And people from the South, they have no problem rolling up on you and be like, what y'all boys doing in there? And we got out, and one by one, they're like, oh, shit, what the hell's this? <laughs> and they weren't, like, there because they worked there. We're at, like, an open park that's, like, on the side of the road that anyone can just show up to. I mean, we may have made, we probably saved someone's life. They looked like they were about to abduct somebody. They were in like a classic pickup truck. And the we stole the out. hate crime because they we were did. just so like, well, what the fuck is this? If you were a minority and you were in Kentucky area around that time last year, summer, we may have saved your life. Yeah. yeah we, well, di- we diverted these, these, these guys who happened to be nice, and Midget Mac jumps out. What up, yo? What up, yo? And he's got his fucking "Make America Great." Midget uh, Mac cures racism everywhere he goes because everybody's like, "How can I be racist when he's so fucking adorable?" Look at that fucking fat ass. Mm. 
<laughs> you bubble always, ass. You focus on Midget Max ass hard. The bro. Lord took some t- took some fucking ass juice and just injected it with his his heavenly syringe and just injected him full of juice. You're really hung Enjoy. up. On, you're hung up on Midget Max ass and when his feet dangle. I mean, all midgets have big fat bubble asses. I don't know what it is. You ain't never seen no ass. You don't with a usually flat ass. run into a flat ass midget. It's it don't like, happen. It's head and ass. You know, this yep. way they can stay balanced. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not. Don't get me started on his giant crooked dick. That thing. I mean, fuck it. Midget Max dick. It it really does. It does remind me of a tree from a Dr. Seuss book. Like it's like a truffle tree growing all crooked and shit. Uh, I don't know why you it's a good way to start the show. Gay by <laughs> making me focus on Midget Max dick. After I was like, thank ass. you for de- trail derailing the entire show right out the gate. Do you remember when we were on tour when we right after the gathering of the jugglers we went to our first like truck stop which you guys don't realize on tour truck stops are the shit. They got hot running water. When like, I was a child I used to dread them like oh this this is where I'm going to get molested but no when you grow up you're like they can't catch me now I'm too big to fit in the back of that cab. But now it's like, whoa, I can shower my asshole and get Bro. some overpriced fucking candy. Because there's Sign no shower. There's a shower on the bus, but you don't really use the shower on the bus. And if you're in the other vehicles, you don't really, you, you don't have showers. So you go to the first truck stop. And guys, when you get to the first truck stop, it's, the, the, people don't get this, though. How and, many sh- showers did you steal? Oh, all of them, pretty much. I would get a shower for somebody. I'd be like, don't close that fucking door. Don't I close the door. I wanted to fight a uh, dude. I, I literally was like willing to offer someone a thousand dollars to shit in the hallway. Oh, wait, we we were there. Oh, so let me tell you this story. Where was with that this. at? That was in Arkansas, and we were in the hallway talking, and the shower attendant got gone. So let me let me explain bus uh, truck stop showers to people who may have had better lives than us. Uh, a truck stop shower isn't a piece of shit. It's actually really nice. The Very truck stop nice. showers generally because these guys one of we the have biggest, a lot of truckers that listen to us. Yeah, actually. well, one of the biggest uh, like commodities, one of the best luxuries as a trucker that you can get is a nice hot shower. Mm. And so you go to the truck stop shower like the Flying J or, mm. or Bucky's or wherever mm. you go, and you get to hey, this, don't forget Pilot now, Pilot come man, now. come on, all right, you got to say them all now. And you get to the you get to the truck stop and it's fifteen dollars for a fucking shower. Woo! But Wait, when you get there, oh, when you get there, twenty five. Oh, I was all day on it because in your shower. You get your own fan. You get your own TV in the shower. Basically, you get your own jack-off water park. Oh, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, guys. First of all, when we're on tour, all I do is steal shit from stores. I want to bring that Whoa, up. Miguel. That is that is my joy, is just stealing. Because what the fuck? I'm a grown-up. If you stop me from stealing now, just pay for the shit. You know, Ooh, like, there's not going to be plot anything. twist. But every time. So we would Psych, go. Psych, here's 20 bucks, bitch. I'm out. So we would go to a truck stop, and I'd literally walk in. Start grabbing all the shit I needed for the shower. Like, oh, I'm going to take this little magazine with some jerkins to beat the dick. Uh, oh, extra towels. You know, get all my shit. Go pay my fi- – I'd pay for my shower if I could. You know, sometimes I'd pay for it and, and let other people use it. Or sometimes I'd get other people's showers, but I'd pay for the shower. Go in there. Here's the, here's the jack-off technique for a truck stop. They give you a little bench in the shower. Mm-hmm, but that's, A little fan right above the window, sit, the mirror. I don't sit and beat. This is what you do. You lay your first towel down. <laughs> You're going to be laying down here now. You take your second towel and you put that up over your head. And then you angle that TV so you're watching Law & Order. You wait until Detective Stabler's off the screen, and then you just take hold of that dick that's been living in a van for 30 days. And the minute you touch it, your dick's like two more touches and we're done. And I'm like, savor it. Savor it. <laughs> and when you truck stop beat, when you truck stop beat off, you got to remember too, like you've got all the time in the world to take a shower. 
So afterwards, you're using all the fucking shit you stole, all the fucking lotions, you're getting your body right, and you come out of that shower, it's all steamy, and you just see one of the other people that you know, and you don't lock the door. You're like, go ahead and use well, my shower. for the record, normal truckers don't roll in packs of 25 fucking people. Uh-uh, they're alone or with the kid they kidnapped. That's about e- it, you exactly. know? Exactly. So, fucking, we're like, we got a bunch of hot chicks with us, a bunch yeah. of degenerates. And we're like, yo, who's going to buy the shower? And they get the glory of taking it first. No yeah. one, they guarantee Hot got shower, it. real. Because you can't get new towels until you turn in the, the truck yeah. stop. But then it's a game afterwards. Okay, who am I going to sneak in behind before that door closes? Because they had the little combinations on it and shit. I used to always let Tucker and Lindsay always let them go because they were doubling up. So I'd be like, might as well let them go in together. There's a, Some states are like... One at a time. And then someone's like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck y'all. Just clean up your jizz, would you? Yeah. If you're going to shit in the shower, make sure you waffle stomp it down the drain, Well, this you? is what happened with me and Mike in, in Arkansas. It was like me, Mike, and uh, I don't know if it was Jeannie or Doug or who it was with us. But we were in the hallway waiting for the showers to open up. Like, because you're waiting for people to get done. And the dude comes and turns the corner, and he's got the shower cart. And we're blocking the hallway. I totally, totally just be like, hey, Basically, guys. Basically, we're all just like kicking it chilling in yeah. the back like waiting to see who's coming out and this dude gets an attitude super attitude he's like hey man y'all want to and, and, and he cursed to remember that too he's like hey man y'all want to get the fuck out of the hallway Ooh, that that's i don't know about y'all but someone when someone cusses at me yeah Ooh, i don't like that shit and i was like who the fuck do you think you are and he was like he was like look man i'm just trying to clean this bathroom and i was like well you don't you can shut the fuck up and clean a bathroom and it's it, it just gets a little spicy and then uh, Mike starts, uh, you know, the guy goes in the bathroom. He's like mean eyeing us. And Mike's like, I think I'm going to go on Snap and offer $1,000 to anyone who will shit. He comes to this truck stop and take a shit right on this hallway floor. Sometimes I, I feel bad for people when I see them busting their ass. Dude, and there's the thing. This I guy, get that. I was like, okay, you're busting your ass. But this guy just talks shit to the wrong person at the wrong time. Because I was like, you know what? I, I could definitely shit on this floor right now. Yeah. And I was with a bunch of people I know definitely could need the money. So I offered to someone shit on the floor because he had a really, he went very aggressive and very over the top with his attitude for no reason. We were just perfectly, you know, perfectly fucking uh, well, nice customers. We were, so someone may or may not shit on the, on the floor there. And that's, yeah. that's pretty much, uh, that's all I have to say about that. We were at, we were at a truck stop in, uh, in Michigan, right outside of Lake Michigan. And uh, we walk in. And I'm with Luna, and she's all tattooed up, you know, hot topic goth chick. And we go to sit down. Tell your horse to get some clothes on. We go to sit down at the diner, and the woman's like, what do y'all do? And we're like, hey, we're with the Mike Busey show. It's like a burlesque wrestling, all the, you know, trying to throw words that these these fucking bumpkin motherfuckers understand, you know, not a lot of syllables. And so I'm like, yeah. And then she looks at Luna, and she goes, well, what the hell does she do? And I was like, oh, her? She minds her fucking business. How about you? You know? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, just let us order your bullshit Salisbury steak and get the fuck back on the road. Sometimes I'll forget we're on this, like, tour bus, and it's, like, plastered with crazy images all over it. And I'll get out while someone's pumping gas, and I'll, I'll look around, and I'll be like, especially if I just woke up, like, what the fuck you looking at? Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm, like, thinking. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a fat 
ugly, fucking tattooed, retarded motherfucker coming out of a, of a bus with my face on the front of it, holding two pugs. Maybe that's what they're looking at. <laughs> I had this guy honking. He's like, bang, when we were in Oklahoma, just right behind me. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, I love you guys. I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, I've been in the back room. You just uh, forget. The back of the bus and, and had people Snapchat me. Them driving behind the bus. Yeah. I met, like, some hot chicks. I'm like, yo, hey, pull over at the next truck stop. That's a, that, the craziest thing is truck stop parties. When everybody shows up at the truck stop to kick it with you, and the truckers are just staring at you like, what in the fuck is going on? And there's always these dirty-ass lot lizards, which are hookers that work the truck stops. But, like, a lot they of... They get offended if you don't want to fuck them. Like, yeah. Like, bitch. They're like, you looking to party? And I'm like, bitch, you have partied a lot. Like, <laughs> how about you sleep tonight? You know? <laughs> True. And I feel bad for truckers because I get it. You think about them being on the road all year long and just needing some head. And there's just some fucking toothless scally like, you want me to suck your dick? And it's like, no. But do I want my dick sucked? Yes, it's like ordering the fu- <laughs> Basically, it's the same feeling they get when they're microwaving that burrito for dinner in the truck stop. They're like, do I want to eat this? No. Do I need to eat? Yes. So we microwave this fucking burrito that's fucking made of beans and tofu and fucking pretend like I like my life. It's hard living on the road. The but it's hard. also like if you get a routine down and I'm like two weeks into it, you're like, I could live like this forever. There's a freedom. These, I've been washing my fucking... Underwear in this sink with body wash for fucking a month. I'm good to go, bro. Can I tell you guys a gross-ass story from the gathering? Look, by the time we got to the gathering, we're like two weeks on the road. The gathering of the juggle is a rough place. It's dusty everywhere. It's hot. It's, a, it's an annual festival held by ICP. Yeah, and, and you don't get to really wash up too much over there because the showers there are just fucking atrocious, man. Like... It's bad, you know? So, like, you're three days in, and you're just horse bathing a lot. You're taking wet wipes and cleaning yourself up. And there was a point where it was me and Mike, and we were all in the back of the bus with somebody else, and we're talking, and Mike's like, ugh, whose balls am I smelling? And all three of us were like, mine. <laughs> because it was so funky. Everybody knew they were the funky one there, man. We stole a porta the first day I got there to the gathering. Remember, we were setting everything up. I stole a clean porta potty, and I thought that was a good idea. And I moved it to our area, so we had our own porta potty. The only problem was now it wasn't part of the porta potty cleanup schedule. So two Whoops. days into it, there was a shit mountain. And here's the crazy part: it was two inches sticking out of the porta potty. So the last two people had to hover over and drop their deuces. Bro, I had to have our camera guy hold my hands and as I as I led back, held back just to That's shit into it. That's how you shit. He shit into Day two, I was literally shitting into the trash can. So I was like, man, I am not shitting into that porty potty. Hell fuck no. Do you know what I did? I did and I was so proud of myself. Me, Pat, and Doug, when we were in Nashville before we got to the gathering, we were outside of this hood-ass gas station. I saw the milk crates. We each took a milk crate I and I kicked out the bottom of it. So now I could just sit on this thing. It was it was a hole straight through it. Your this ass was my comes shitter. up looking like a fucking waffle. Oh, yeah, but this was my shitter. I kicked out the other side of it so it was just hollow. And everywhere we were at the gathering, I would just walk off to a little spot in the woods, sit on this motherfucker, and just shit. And I was like, I'm... I'm light years ahead. I'm living in 2080, and y'all motherfuckers are in 1999. You just you know? made me realize I've been planning everything I do since I was a child around my shits. Like, yeah, but you when I was playing sports, shit. I would like, no, I can't. I'm not going. I can't go to practice. I can't go to the game before I take a shit. 
I want to feel my lightest and I want to feel my rightest. Same thing with the stage. You can't go up on stage in front of thousands of people and try to entertain them when you know you're going to fucking duke in the, in, in the fucking stuff. You got it. Well, you hold your shit to the last minute, though, bro. Back up. It's called backing up traffic. Yeah, it's bad because Michael will be talking to you. He's like, nah, and you're like, you have to shit. He's like, yes. And he gets All to the right. point. This will be the least listened to show of, gets, of the rotation. He gets to the point where you're like, Mike, just go shit. But it's almost too much now for him to get to the shitter. So he has to fight and hold. Yeah, because I have to waddle around back to the toilet quickly because I don't want to fucking leave a fucking massacre on the floor, which I've done several times <laughs> accidentally. I've definitely shit my pants oh, accidentally our, more it, than it, any human being. In our 10 years there. knowing you, I've known you to shit your pants more than I've known every other person I know to shit their pants combined. Too many times. I'm, I'm, but I'm weird, too. Like, let's say I shit early in the day on a Saturday and I eat. I won't want to go to the bar or the club or whatever or go out. Unless I just fucking pushed one out, and I'm feeling really extra clean, and I all I'm like one of those fat clean people. Like you never smell me. Like I always like extra wash my butthole. Even if I'm like, eh, let me put some little more Old Spice fucking body wash down there. Speckle, speckle, speckle. And then I'm fucking. I don't, I won't step out until I feel fresh. Yeah. You, you know? won't hop on the podcast until you. Feel I wear fresh. a cologne on this podcast. Like, yeah. As if it fucking matters. Yeah. You know? So it's. I it's, respect that. I respect you, Miguel. Thank you. Now, you know, it's funny. You were talking about going on stage and having to take a shit. Um, have you, I, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I did a show. It was for, like, a police officer's benefit, and I didn't know they were all cops. And I did a show for them, uh, and uh, I got food poisoning because I got street tacos right before I went on stage. And then I'm talking, like, 30 minutes before I went on stage, I started getting a little sweaty, and I was like, ooh. This episode is brought to you by bowel movements. Yeah, I was like feeling a little spicy. And then right when I got on stage, right when I got on stage, it hit me. And I was holding the mic. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. And I was sweating. And I was getting a little feverish. And, you know, I move around on stage. I talk. I work the crowd. I stood perfectly still for an hour just going through my material, clenching my cheeks, holding a duke, Mm. and then holding a puke. Oh, and the minute I was the, done, out both ends. The minute I was done, I I I walked right off the stage in front of this whole group. It's probably two hundred people. Walked right off the side door, opened the door, wasn't even fully out, and started throwing up. Like they just watched me on stage, and now they're like, "Good." And I was like, "Good night, everybody." <laughs> and everybody's just like, they're still seeing me. I'm just got my head out the thing. And then on the way home, I had to uh, stop. And luckily, I keep toilet paper in my car. I always keep a roll of toilet paper in my car because you got to be ready. And I had to stop, and I was like 30 fucking yards from a Hess. Like, I'm looking I at it. I haven't used toilet paper in, in almost four years. Well, I keep it. I'm 30 yards from a goddamn Hess gas station lit up, shitting outside my car because I couldn't make it to the gas station. And I was like, I'm going to destroy my pants. I've, I've, there's been times, you ever shit your pants and you're like, do I really want these? And you're like, fuck it. Let's just leave these here. There's, there's no, definitely some pair no. of <laughs> shitty drawers I've left in definitely uh, numerous places throughout America. No, I haven't done so it. So here's the deal. If you've ever been to a public bathroom and you saw a pair of shitty drawers, they were probably mine. No. Sure. I don't want to believe that. Have you, um, now you used to, they're talking about me doing comedy, man. Some people don't know about this, man. You actually 
You used to do a little comedy? You try a little comedy yourself too, right? Oh, uh, I've been known to get really drunk and blacked out and do shit that I don't remember. And yes. here's the thing. As much as you fucking ramble on this show, I cannot imagine you finishing one coherent point on stage <laughs> drunk. Uh, we, were, uh, we were filming like an MTV pilot for an MTV show at one time at the Improv. And uh, I remember I had like 30 people with me on one of those like party buses. And... They're like, yo, bro, we can like, we can take you there, but like, it's like rented out like later that night. I was like, ah, fuck it, we'll find a way home. So we played the old how we're we gonna get home game, but uh, they were definitely the. I don't know. I basically cock blocked the shit out of myself. A bunch. I had a bunch of hot chicks with me, and, and they got really drunk. And then at the end of the night, we had no way home. Pretty much the biggest cock block I did to myself ever. However, they were like, hey, uh, there's this comic, uh, Jim Florentine. The I've worked with Jim Florentine a lot, yeah. man. He wasn't a big fan of me. I don't that I recall. I don't know. I was pretty blacked out. However, uh, they were like, "Hey, Mike, uh, do you want to uh, introduce him uh, before it goes?" This on? is at the Improv. Uh, yeah. back when it was downtown. Yeah, downtown Orlando downtown. Improv. I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll go. I'll go out there and introduce him." You know, I get up there. I'm all all stressed out, ready to fucking hot hot dog, and then I start working the crowd. And apparently I was told for like 15 minutes and I was supposed to just introduce him. But I guess I decided to do 15 minutes, which is a lot of time. That's a lot of time. For like, you know, to introduce somebody. And I can, I can, I can guarantee if there's any video of this, it is 11 and a half minutes of you not finishing a story. And oh, then sure. three minutes of you laughing at your own shit. And then 30 seconds of being like, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Florentine. <laughs> oh my God. I just realized that we had a toilet up on stage. So if anyone has footage of it, it was around like 2008. This is at that, that, that show? The Orlando Improv when it was downtown Orlando. Jim Florentine. And we had a toilet up there and had like great foam that was dried up and sculpted like turds and had like little corns on it. We were painting it and shit. So if you see a shitty toilet, this is full circle. Yeah. Wow, I liked how you did that. That was a good seg. From Dookie to comedy, comedy with Dookie on stage. Yeah, I just blacked the fuck out. They, told I, they said I did good. I don't remember anything, which made me really nervous, which kind of reminded me of last year's tour, the very first show that we did at the tour uh, in Ocala. Yeah. Yeah, right? Ocala? Yeah, you blacked out in Ocala, right? I Well, here, let me back it up. I was completely sober, you know, stressing. It's the first night of the tour. Like, do we got everything? Oh, is this working? Oh, okay. okay, I'm in the bus. And Guys, just, his OCD is so bad, he wouldn't get out of the bus because we have a hot dog roller there. He's moving all the hot dogs. They're lined up together. True. And we're like, I'm like, we're on tour, I'm tour managing. So I'm like, Mike, we got we're five minutes. Come on, let's get up. Let's get everybody lined up. Let's get everybody. I got everybody walking out. We're lined up. I look back, and there's Mike getting hot dogs straight on the roller. It's true. I'm, I'm a prisoner of my own fucking mind. <laughs> However... We get ready. We have the whole little meeting. We do the Chicago Bulls fucking, what time yeah. is it? Game time. Huh. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm fucking sober as shit. And I like to have me a nice little buzz, a little strong little buzzy buzz, buzz, buzz. You know what I'm talking about? You know? And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm sober as shit. So the bus is parked in the front of this, this club. And we had to walk around the, the, back. The, the back of the block. We had to walk like a good 100 yards. In the dark too. Yeah, in the dark, and I and and I. And there's was like, nothing around this club. Yeah, and it's our first show of the tour. Got a bunch of bad ladies with us. We got the whole crew. Everyone's looking good. We're ready to rock and roll. Brand new props, the whole new format. And I'm like, fuck, I'm sober. Like, give me this. I grab a bottle of Crown Apple, and I fucking drink it within from the time I get off the bus. 
within I'm what ten minutes? Ten maybe? minutes. Easy. Ten minutes, and that's like with them stalling with us backstage. Like, oh y'all, y'all ready for him? Come, da-da-da. and I drank the whole fucking bottle. And I remember coming out, but I don't remember nothing else afterwards. And I remember having sex with a particular person for quite a long time. And uh, apparently I did pretty good, too. So basically, the moral story is I do everything better drunk. So Yeah, as somebody who's been around you drunk, no. Um, no. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were on show at the Forge in, in Joliet, Illinois, and Mike was blackout drunk. Okay, no, I was hyped. That was a, there's a difference between me being drunk and me being drunk, hyped. Drunk to the point Illinois, where... I fuck with Illinois heavy, Listen, and they fuck guys, with us. Listen, guys, he... He, he fucking smashes this giant industrial fan on stage, beating the shit out of it, going Rock wild, and roll, baby. Rock and roll. And Woo! He fucking trips me on stage by, like, fucking... He, he sweeps I didn't even know you were pissed off. You're like, motherfucker! I'm, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, all, like, vibing out and shit, goes, going crazy. He goes to, like, help me get him. Like, get your fucking hand away from me. He's like, what are you mad about? I was like, you just tripped me. He's like... Me? <laughs> it's one of those backstage moments. Like, yeah. you cuss out somebody that's on the drums, and you turn around, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no one knew no that, one like, knew. we had this, like, banter backstage. We're, like, pissed because I'm, like, slipping on everything. Well, Mike destroys this giant $500 industrial thing. $600. $600. We pack up. It takes us hours to pack up. We leave that show. We, we're done with that show at 3 in the morning. We leave that show at 9 a.m. or some shit. And we're I, hanging I out with the fans. barefooted on the street blocks of Juliet, Illinois, Talking to like three dudes who came to our show that was driving back to Minnesota. That's when you hopped in the fire trucks came because somebody pulled the fire alarm and then they were all inside the building and then Mike hopped into the fire truck and got on and was like fucking with lights and shit. I was on the PA, like, attention everyone, get the fuck out. We're partying and we were like partying on the yeah, fucking streets. Right in the streets. Well, the next day we're leaving, we're driving, we're exhausted. We get to the next state for the I next know show. Where this is going. <laughs> and fucking Mike, we're setting up the props. He's like, Who fucks the other fan? And we're like, Because I'm fat. I'm like, Yo, we need two fans, <laughs> crosswind. I want to feel this Hawaiian shirt flapping the breeze. I, I don't want to sweat as much. He's looking at all the guys, the, the, the guys who are doing tours set up. He's like, Where's the fan? We're like, Mike, you destroyed the fan. He's like, Psh! I didn't break the fan. <laughs> like, you fucking, there's video of him smashing the fucking fan. I just want to say, some of the people were comparing to Jimmy Henry's lighting his guitar on fire. It was I pretty rock and roll, to baby. To Mike Busey destroying a fan, and then the <laughs> next morning being like, well, what do you mean the fan's on? Uns- I don't believe that the fan was unsalvageable. Right. First of all, these motherfuckers hated packing up and tearing down and setting up. Fair enough. So, you know, one giant industrial fan uh, minus in the chair. They're like, ah, cool, we saved some room. Save some time. We had we brought an, we brought like eight props with us that took up thirty percent of the trailer that we never fucking used, and they had to be in the front, so you had to move them out every time. You ever played Tetris? That's all, that's what our guys had to go through. You remember the show that we did? We did a show, and uh, uh, somebody uh, Johnny kicked his shoe, the motherfucker, and broke the TV. So when Mike came on stage for that show, the TV was already broken. Instead of using the TV, he smashed the shit out of it with a baseball bat. So we wouldn't have to have a broken TV and on stage. And our photographer, Robert, uh, fails to fucking take any photos of me coming out of the, on, and entering the stage. 
my grand entrance with a baseball bat as I smash up this giant, like, 62-inch TV. Beats the shit out of this 62-inch TV. No photos Sma- of it. Thanks, smash- Robert. Smashes it to pieces. At but Robert Poss. Remember this, guys. He smashes this TV to pieces where, like... I'm a serious frame, photographer, Mike. The frame is falling off everywhere. It's liquid fucking crystals are dripping out of it. Looks like there's a, a, eliminated the fucking Terminator in the yeah. final scene. Yeah, so we leave that show. The next day, we're unpacking and stuff, and Mike's like... What happened to the TV? And we were like, you destroyed it. He's like, yeah, we had like a warranty for it. We could probably return it. <laughs> like, Mike, you beat it with a baseball bat to where it remember was the shot girl? everywhere. The shot girl came out during like my entrance. Right through your intro. A and shot like trying to sell me shooters. Like I'm like the local random fucking corny DJ. Guys, hey, guys, what t-shirt contest? While he's doing his intro to a show that this is our, the entire venue is for us for this show. He walks right up on stage. He smashes the TV. And before Baseball he, bat in hand, this bitch comes out with a fucking a word, sh- shooter tray. She's like, hey, Mike, would you like to miss some shots? Trying to sell me over fucking price hypnotic shots, you fucking bitch. Fuck this TV. <laughs> I just love him being like, no, man, I think we have a warranty for it. I was like, there is no warranty that hey, covers. these warranties are pretty last demoli- days. It was literally split into eight pieces. If it pieces. fits, it ships. They're like, oh, I guess we got to refund them. <laughs> There was no refund on a TV that was smashed into 18 pieces that was dripping liquid crystals out of there. Whatever, Miguel. Take it to court. <laughs> Call the Geek Squad and tell them to come fix this shit. So what happened to the TV? I think it got water damage. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shot girl came out of nowhere and fucking threw her hypnotic tubes on me. And I was hypnotized with a baseball bat. That was the show we did where that cop, came, big guy, I remember him, man, uh, big, big white. Which cop? We've partied with a lot of. Well, cops. this one comes knocking on the door, and he's like, "Hey, man," he's like, "I just, you guys, uh, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're out of here by this time." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh, okay," like you know, like, and he's like, "I need to talk to you real quick." And I'm like, "All right, what's up?" And this is, this is, guys, you gotta remember this, man, good or bad. He fucking turns his body cam off. Like there should not be a turn of body cam. Hell off yeah! When they do that, I know they're true. It's yeah, a game. he turns his body cam off. He's like, just had Evan on the camera. You guys do whatever you want to do. I love Mike Busey. Meanwhile, our <laughs> friends are getting blowjobs on top of the bar in yeah. this after hours club. Like they have like this club in the back. And I, I think the guy's like of Indian descent yeah. or something. He's like, oh Mike, you want to have your after party in here? Because normally we have to have it on the bus. Which is like, you know, 20 people, we split yeah. them up, and the girls in there, they're drinking, getting weird and shit. And then this guy's like, no, you, we had like fucking 40 plus or something, yeah. and then we're 20 people, so you got 50 motherfuckers. So you open up this like back like hookah lounge yeah. thing, and then we basically had an after party to fucking the wee hours of the morning. And I remember like the most, um, how do I say this, the most undesirable female <laughs> you could possibly think of. Um, that you could smell. I could smell her from 10, 15 feet away. It's performing fellatio on one of our tour mates. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> We're all drinking and shit. And it's just weird. It's like we brought up basically a strip club to like a nice, wholesome, like live music venue. It's like if we took over the House of Blues and next thing everyone's fucking getting their dick sucked and shit. And fucking. <laughs> How about when we went to uh, that like. Trap ass little hood ass strip club. Which in one? Valdosta. The one in oh, Valdosta, one. Georgia. But they fucking rolled out the red carpet for us. They Boy, be- hold on. They had they had aluminum foil like with Doritos inside of it. <laughs> they were break like you would thought they were breaking down dope. They had like 
Doritos. They were pre-wrapping in aluminum foil, and they're like, all right, now y'all can have one apiece. <laughs> they gave us a little spread that was Skull Vodka, Doritos, mm. uh, like Good old some skull. French, French onion dip and shit. And there was uh, and then there was no gr- the, there was no girls working there really. Listen, we the had girl, the girls. I would only let three of them suck my dick, and that's it. Like I wouldn't even fuck these girls. They were bad, and we brought in some of the baddest girls. This yeah. club, like, and then, you, and then I the, felt like the strippers were gonna shank every one of our girls. And then our girls started hopping on stage, and guys started like throwing, throwing them money, money. At them, yeah. And then uh, we took over the Waffle House across the street. And this is a good one. Mike, Mike, uh, Mike's drunk. We're drunk. And Mike's I like. I may have made an ins- uh, interior. Uh, uh, ins- what's the word? Instigated Mitch and Mac to jump on yeah. top of the countertop and then start humping the air. Ooh, 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 ooh. And then the cook's pissed off. We're, the in, the, manager- we're in the middle of a world star uh, fucking video. And here's the thing. The manager tells Mitch and Mac. I mean, everybody's drunk, guys. Everybody's wasted. We got the bus coming to pick us up. So we're all lit, drunk. Walked across the street Waffle House. Mike's like, let's buy everybody Waffle House. So I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. The whole team, you know, we're at the Waffle House. We're having a blast. Midget Mac walks in late. Mike throws him up on the counter. And whoa, then whoa. I think it climbed up. His, Haley his, threw him up on the counter, actually. Haley put him up on the counter. And then Mac starts, oh, 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 humping in the counter. The rest of the Waffle House is looking at him Slanging like, what the fuck? big fucking crooked dick, dick all over Dick is swinging in his pants. And then the manager is like, hey, hey, sir, sir, sir. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get down off the off the table. And Mac looks at him and goes, "You the manager?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm gonna fuck your wife." <laughs> I don't remember that part, but I believe yes, you. Yes, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And the guy's like, "Sir, sir." And this is what happens when we're on tour at a night like this because me and Hot Rod were sitting next to each other. Remember, Hot Rod had fruit punch, and I was like, "God damn, that looks delicious." Me and Hot Rod are sitting next to each other eating, and I put notes on my phone, and the note I put is. Call Waffle House and apologize. <laughs> and the next morning, we're rolling out, and I'm like, hey, guys, this is uh, Miguel. Because Midget Mac gets, he's drunk. He starts putting it on Instagram Live. He's like, fuck this dude. Try to tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck the guy who's like, please don't swing your big dick on my counter, <laughs> you aggressive drunk midget. Yeah. So we're like the next morning. Uh, I know Midget Max on like fucking Instagram. People are hitting him up. Man, fuck that dude. And I'm like, this dude didn't do anything wrong. He tried to enforce the rule that midgets aren't allowed to swing big dicks on the Waffle House counter. It's true. Uh, so the next morning, I call up that Waffle House. We're rolling out. And I'm tired as fuck. And I'm like, hey guys, uh, I represent Mike Busey and Midget Mac. We were recently at your Waffle House, and the lady was like, oh, I heard. She was like, I wish I would have got to see it. And I was like, cool. Uh, some things were said, and she's like, oh, I think it's all funny. And I was like, well, then, tell that dude we're going to fuck his wife later then. I don't know. <laughs> so many stories. Just, I mean, this is this is the first time uh, pretty much my entire shitty career that I haven't been going on tour during the summer. Yeah, we, we skipped this whole summer month. tour, yeah. Pretty much COVID just dragged its long-ass dick and f- fucked us. The Took away the entire summer. We're on the brink of Labor Day, which yeah. is the end of... Summer. summer. So pretty much summer just got completely shitted on. And here's the thing about tour. Like, we know a lot of people who can do things in this industry amazingly. But that doesn't mean you can do it tour, on tour. I, I don't want to say this in the wrong way. But tour is is like the civilian version of going to war. Once you've been on tour, like a real tour. Yeah. I'm not talking about like these cozy bullshit high hotel dollar. room every night bullshit yeah, that's not a real tour living I mean, on the vehicles tour yeah i'm talking real deal living on, on a bus. bus yeah once you've been on that and you've experienced it 
you have like this special camaraderie with your fellow tour mates that no one can ever take from you. Yeah, I, I used to love Mac Hot Rod and Robert on tour because uh, it just looked weird. You got Robert, Mac, and Hot Rod kicking it the whole time. But but it, it, I always said to me, describe remember, describe their. You got who are the three guys? Hot Rod. Hot Rod. So Hot Rod, our, our producer and director. You got to understand he's got thick dreads. Uh, like uh, dark, skin. dark skin, man. He's got a lot of style and fashion. You got Midget Mac, a little black midget with a lot of style and fashion. You got Robert, who is like a boy scout, a grown man who's got a always got a Gerber and a knife on him. He's always prepared for shit like that. He dresses like very. Robert dresses like he's very prepared to he's work. Like a forty year old version. Well, he's got he's got his cargos, his knee pads for filming because he's a, he's a, he's our photographer. He's got his staff shirt on, and by tour, the three of them were together all the time. It reminded me like dudes who met in boot camp, and you would never have expected them to be friends. That's true, but they're like homies now, and they're just kicking it. That's true, and it was good. And tour was fun, man, because you know. For 40, some of y'all. For, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you got to sleep sometimes. You know, hey, the best way, yeah, I'm going to throw a Mike Busey story out, and you can't see Hot Rod, but, uh, you know, Busey, Busey kills you. Kills that was, on that was racist, Miguel. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Busey would come out sometimes. Nobody had been asleep. Everybody had been working. Maybe Mike got four hours of sleep, but he would come in there and be like, what the fuck's going on? And we'd be like, well, you know, we're about to get to sleep. He'd be like, sleep? I haven't even slept in days. We're like, motherfucker, we watched you on the camera with a mask on your face. Lies. Sleeping in the back of the bus. Lies. We're like, what do you mean? You haven't slept. We haven't slept in days. I don't know. I've been with you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Lies. We watched him. Uh, we, we all watched him fuck on tour, too, which was a great one. Which time? Uh, the time where we were all in the bus on the gathering. And in fact, the dude. With from, a girl, we won't say her name. We won't say her name, but one of the men from Guar happened to be on the bus, too, with us. Hell yeah. And, uh, uh, and we're all on the bus, and we watch you going back. And then everybody starts seeing you guys like kicking it a little bit, and then all of a sudden some making out, and that then bus Mike, was rocking. Mike throws Don't it on the come bed, and, and the whole time, the whole time we're watching, and everybody's videoing it with their cameras. The whole time I'm like, I think we're gonna catch Mike Busey eating some pussy, because you don't catch Mike Busey eating pussy. Let's no more. just say that this girl was, she had successfully evaded my clinches of my penis for many years, and. I finally got to cross this one off the list. And we watched it go down, and he was putting it. And the thing is, the bus is rocking side to side. And then right before he's about to come, and this is the part where I guess he realizes that we're all watching. I can't even say her name. because Well, don't say her name. People would literally they'd they'd, flip out. They'd they'd be angry. They're like, no, you didn't. Right before he's about to come, the entire bus yells, finish her. <laughs> you can tell that Mike's like. I, I'm stroking. I'm stroking. I'm stroking. I hear. I'm like, I look, I look back. I'm like, motherfucker. Because Mike used to hang a sock on his camera, and what happened? This is the, this. I, I'm going to tell you what happened. That you don't know what happened on this. No, Mike. I didn't hang the fucking sock. The girl that was consensually not wanting to. Fucking, well, when you would fuck a girl uh, who was yeah on film would hang the sock. Well, on you camera. would you would have the you would have the crown royal bag or the sock on the camera. Well, sometimes. crown royal bag. But what happened was I went into the bus to count money, so I took the camera the thing off the camera because I was like, you know what? Let me. I don't want to be casino rules. Up. Yeah, I don't want to be counting all of our cash without a camera on me. This way, if there's a problem, we know we see. It. So I took the bag down and counted all our money. One of so these when days, you went all back, sixteen of those cameras for forty five days will be released. Yeah, those will be a good. It'll be a good run. There's there's some there's some classic shit on there that I that I dug. Yeah. So yeah, um, you fucked the chick uh, on camera. We yelled finisher, and now we're all best friends. And then I came out, and and everybody clapped. Everyone's clapping, and, and there's like. 10, 15 people at the front of the bus. There's like, fucking a guy from Guar. Yeah. <laughs> like like rock and roll royalty yeah. is on the bus watching me put in some work. And it was one of those nights that I was 
just drunk enough to put on a good show. Yeah, it was a good show, though. A lot of stroke, a lot of action. Uh, you definitely, without knowing the camera was on, you still worked the camera angles. I was proud. It was Thank a good you. performance. Thank you, man. Thank you. There I was. St- there I still was have a- all those videos on my phone, by the way. I made everyone airdrop those to me immediately. Yeah, that was good. There was times. There was times on tour where we were. I remember we were driving, and I think we were driving through Indiana or something. And I didn't know there was like rocky cliffs over there. When we were leaving the gathering, we're riding through, and there's like cliffs on the side, and the sun's setting and shit. And you're just like, I would never drive this road. I'm driving down a badass road that I never would have driven on. I'm going to a place when we went to when we went to that little park uh, on on Lake Michigan. I was like, I'd never come here. Remember, we, we heard that guy play taps. Yeah, play every, taps every, and sunset. Every, every day at sunset, there's a guy that comes out there and uh, plays taps. Yeah, right there at the flagpole. There's a lot of moments when you're on tour that you honestly realize you're never going to experience on your own if you w- didn't have to route this. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma. We were Oklahoma. I think we were at Turner Falls. Turner Falls in Oklahoma was one of my favorite places to go. The to. The place that had the super sketchy, uh, made in the seventies, eighties. We don't care about liability water slide. It had a regular ass eighties fucking three metal people slide. Died the day after we left, they drowned. Yes, and I remember seeing the news. Like people were sending me snaps. Like, yo, remember that place y'all went to? Three people just died there. Was, I had you, Midget Mac on my shoulders because yeah. he doesn't know how to swim, and I had to like. Trust me, just get in the water, my little friend. You'll, I will hold you. We won't both drown. We're cutting. I remember I cut a deal with the guys who had that pizza stand over there. That guy came to a, he members, came to a members party. Yeah, he came all the way from Oklahoma. He didn't know nothing about us. He seen the buzz like, what the hell's that? And then I was like, oh, you know. So then, like somehow, like someone, you know, there's always that one person on the tour is like, yeah, this guy wants to see you on the bus. I'm like, yeah, we don't know that fucking guy. <laughs> And somehow he, I don't know if he, he didn't even give us free pizza. He just like came he didn't on the give bus. Give all y'all, but I definitely, I'm gonna oh, be you, motherfucker. Me and Joe met this guy, and I was like, you bro, on the bus. I need, I need a, I need, we need two large. He was like, I want to meet Mike Busey, and I was like, I want to eat lunch. And he was like, well, what do we got to do here? And I was, and I had, him, I, I know for a fact, I had him make us mozzarella sticks and chicken fingers, and I was eating these buffalo chicken fingers and mozzarella sticks, and they gave us like a King's Hawaiian roll. And he was like, so I'm ready to eat. He's like, I'm, so I'm ready to meet this Mike Busey. And I was like, appetizer. Like, <laughs> you're all trying to swindle the meet and greet. Yeah, we got tacos and other stuff after him. I was like, let me, let me play some, bro. This Mike fucking Busey, okay? So fast forward like six months later. I'm drunk and I don't recognize the dude. He's at my house in my living room, like, hey man, fucking good meeting you in Oklahoma. I was like, oh yeah, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, Oklahoma was like the lowest attendance of our show. <laughs> we're like, like 37 people at Oklahoma. Like, who the show. fuck? Who was? Who? Which one? Who were you? Like, I'm like thinking, like, which one were you? And I'm, he's like, no, man, I'm the guy. Fucking y'all were that Turner Falls. I was the, working the pizza concession stand. I was like, oh. You, you, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'll swindle his way on the bus trying to holler at the scallywags and fucking now he's in my living room. That's the perfect ex- explanation of why we go on tour, to meet the people. Yeah. And uh, invite him into our home six months later. Tour is, big on tour is tactically acquiring shit too. Like, when you're on tour, like, you can, you need to get stuff. Nobody's going to help you. So if you got to make side deals with pizza vendors, you do it. If you got to steal shit from a truck stop, you do it. Tour is about getting getting shit done. Remember the janky who who was with me? The jank ass barber we went to in a truck stop. <laughs> you went with Robert. I think, got, I think I think Hot Rod was offended. He's like, you want what? You want forty dollars? He's like, cuz I'm just trying to get shaped up. 
And it was like no AC. We're all yeah. sweating our balls. It was right upstairs in the yeah. little truck stop. And I was like, what the? I feel like we took a step back in the 1920 and shit. And it was like some old white guy going to come out and like, hey, boys, rub his belly on us and fucking <laughs> give us the hot shave. No, it was like this tiny sketchy dude just got a work release program or something and fucking just working at a barbershop in the middle of nowhere how about, at a truck stop. How about when we were in Arkansas and the... Uh, the old, uh, the old uh, uh, B Squad bus had the trailer behind it, and then it just it bent the tow hitch off, and we're losing the trailer. Hold on, on first of all, you don't even want to go there because you, when you say a, a devastating, uh, destructive fucking mishap, that I'm like, what year were you talking about, Miguel? Like, what part of the tour? What this year? one, this one was Arkansas. The trailers pulling the tow hitch because we had a seven thousand pound trailer that was holding about ten thousand pounds of shit that was on a that was hooked up, and they fucking whoever put the trailer on didn't hook it up with the right ball with the right uh, ball then hitch imagine that so it's just like swinging around so we had to call a welder we might got on snapchat and we got a welder over there and he had to spot weld it at a at a truck way station and we're just like welding the fucking every tour i've ever been on has been held by the grace of god and a miracle of my followers i mean like they if it wasn't for the followers, like, I don't even know if we would have got to any of the shows. Because there was, like, an ongoing joke, come see Mike Busey live, maybe yeah. he'll make it. <laughs> like, people would, like, wait to the last minute to buy their tickets to, to a show. Because they're like, well, they haven't had a breakdown in two shows. They're about due for one. Every now and then I hated going on, like, the Ticketmaster and being like, hey, man, thanks for buying tickets and backstage. We're not going to be in South Dakota this time. <laughs> Just a uh, bus decided to catch on fire. There's and, a couple uh, <laughs> There's a couple regions of America that are still <laughs> fucking very pissed off at us. Oh, man. And, and a lot of times, what y'all don't know about the business aspect of, like, touring is normally we're brought out by someone else. Yeah, um, some promoter who's or, or another artist or yeah, somebody. another company or whatever, and they pay us a flat rate. They take the door, they promote it, we promote it, and there's always a lot of room for jank. Okay? Oh, one of my favorite janks is we lose a tour date near Illinois, and all of a sudden this promoter hits us up like, "Hey, I got a guy. He wants to actually have you guys out in Gary, Indiana." So we're like, oh, that's great. Oh, and, God. And so, and you know, you don't Have know. we talked about this yet? No, no. We, this, we haven't sure? talked about this. No, we have it's not. It's all a blur. Uh, so we get booked in Gary, Indiana by this guy. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's all nice on the phone and everything. And Which we, Miguel and our booking agent did zero research on. Like, they even, we're like, oh, you got a deposit? Okay, cool. We're yeah, good. Yeah, because you're hitting me up a fucking. A you week. want us to show up to your fucking living room, have a, a Kinsietta? We'll be <laughs> yeah, there. That's the rule. They got a deposit. Let's roll. We get to the venue. And it's a it's basically a clubhouse for Latin Kings and this Latino motorcycle club. First of all, when we were getting closer there, I remember being like, yo, Gary, Indiana, the birthplace of Michael Jackson. Yeah. And heavy, heavy, heavy gang activity. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Like, not like we're going to be in the middle of that shit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Little be- did I know, we were representing, like, we saw, like, the cop car went by the back of this bus, like, 20 times at night. Yeah. They were like, yo, what are these motherfuckers doing here? And we had this shithole bar that we never really found out who actually owned it. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the, oh, that lady Here's owns it. Here's the best part. Oh, he owns the it. The actual owner didn't even know a show was happening there. So the, the jank-ass promoter got drunk. And left. First of all, we when I let me back it up. Yeah, I was getting a bunch of messages on Snapchat like, "Yo, be careful, bro. That's heavy Latin King territory." I'm like, "Whatever. I, I don't yeah. got no like no beef with no Latin Kings, whatever." 
You know, I'm cool with everybody. And fucking, they're like, oh, and by the way, there's supposed to be like a bunch of biker uh, one percenters there tonight. Too. I'm like, how's that work? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we were seeing, uh, I guess the promoter yeah. came onto the bus to not pay us and tell us what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And then I see a big old Latin King fucking logo tattooed on this dude's face. And I said, oh, hey, Miguel, let me talk to you real quick here in the back. And I was like, yeah, I think we're doing a fucking private show for the Latin Kings. And <laughs> yeah. sure enough, we were. And then the thing about it was, here's, here's my favorite part. The promoter, janky as fuck. South side of Chicago, by the way, okay? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me. We're in their territory. No, we're in Gary, Indiana. We're in Gary, Indiana. Oh, no, I thought there was. No, we're Gary, Indiana. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. right below there. Yeah, though. so we're there right by Chicago. We're, and so literally we're, we're, we're at the end of the night uh, and we can't find the promoter. This is when you proved to me you were, you were a gangster, Miguel. <laughs> this is the moment I fell in love with you. I was like, <laughs> I fucked with you for a long time. But at the end of the night, oh, by the way, the show was very awkward. I made it very awkward from the get-go. I said, oh, I know we got a bunch of gangsters in the building. I know y'all don't dance, y'all boogie. And then they were like, oh, you know us. He was, they were doing that side-to-side shit. I was like, yeah, there you go. You know, they were acting so hard. And, and all shit, the they one, didn't want to smile and or all laugh. all the one-percenter motorcycle guys looked like they were from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. Like, no, like it was, long- <laughs> If I would have been like a casting director for fucking uh, uh, Dust of Dawn or yeah. some shit or fucking Sons of Anarchy, yeah. <laughs> these guys would have went perfect for it. It was like, yo, we're we're in a town we don't know nothing about. We're in this giant tour bus. We've got midgets and sexy, sexy ladies, and we're about to drink with all these Latin kings and these one percenters, and we don't we we don't know how this is gonna turn out. Well, at the great end, show, great show, the people Everyone's loved loving it. it. End of the night. Janky promoters missing, just but of course. dipped away, right? And so he kept the door money. So I, I'm going. Which to was the, a pretty decent amount. It's enough to pay amount. us. Let's pay us. So I go up to the bartender and I'm like, "Hey, wait!" And she's drunk. This drunk ass fucking little like fucking troll of a chick who's been all sweet all night. And I'm like, "Hey, where's the guy? You know, where's where's the guy with our money? The rest of our money?" She's like, I don't know, I don't know, let me help you find, blah, blah, blah. So we're going around, and then every time she takes me somewhere, she stops at the table to just talk to people. I'm like, hey, where the fuck is the guy? And so we're putting our stuff away, and like I said, this bar is packed with fucking real deal guys, man. I mean, these guys weren't jokes, man. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, hold up, hold up, nobody fucking move. We're yes, not leaving yes, this fucking were. place until we get our goddamn money. Miguel and then got I'm like, fuck. And then I'm like, okay. Well, what do you do next, Miguel? <laughs> so Miguel had even these gangsters, real life gangsters. I'm talking; these guys definitely did some dirt. Okay, these weren't like, yeah, no, like, oh, I think this guy's cool. He's wearing like a leather jacket. No, these guys were about that life. He had them like turn on. Yeah, where's he at? We'll find him for you. Yeah, the good part was so the motorcycle crew had nothing to do with the Latin Kings and thought they were whack, even though they were a Latino motorcycle crew. So the motorcycle crew's like, "Who owes this motherfucker money?" And I'm like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like, "Um, let me be the leader here." Um. Me, the midgets, and all the hot girls that are wearing like lingerie should probably get on this bus and get the fuck so out of here. This part that fucking. At I was, the, this at is the time I felt bad. I was like, hey, bro, we got to go. Go ahead and load this shit up. Y'all, the B squad can stay behind. I'm outside. We got shit to do. I'm outside. I got a circle of like bikers and four really respectable Latin King dudes. Really respect. Because they had no reason to even talk to me politely. They could have just been like, hey, fuck you and fucking beat the shit out of me. And you know, Shanks the bikers, you a couple the times. bikers were loud and drunk, but they didn't care enough about me to give a fuck. 
fuck. They just were like, hey, I like this guy. But if I would have been getting shanked, they'd be like, well, the guy's getting shanked. Go fuck himself. The problem but, was they were like, yeah, after this, we're going to party. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the thing. The everyone bikers- knows I fuck with my, my people. Like, I'm like, I'll take all the photos, yeah. videos, I'll bullshit. I'll, I'll FaceTime your fucking grandma. We're going to hang out and get drunk. We're going to hang out in the parking lot, blah, 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 until the club owner kicks us out. Now these guys are like, yo, we're going to party, so man. The I bikers, like, oh, the yeah, bikers were defending us because they thought they were going to party with us afterwards. And we're like, and literally I'm sitting there outside Gary, Indiana. It's fucking 4 a.m. Uh, there's fucking Latin Kings all around me and like two bikers and Joe's with me. And I watched the fucking bus just leave. <laughs> Gotta go. And Joe goes, is that our bus? And I go, yeah. And Joe goes. I got, I got like one gun on me, and I don't have an additional magazine. I was like, "Oh, it doesn't matter now, Joe. Like, we can have all the bullets we want. We're left here." <laughs> and let me just say, for the record, I had to make an executive decision. I was like, "Fuck you! Don't fuck you don't you. bait raw chicken in front of hungry alligators." Okay. The best part is, I had when, to get the girls away. When I showed up later on, I showed up like six o'clock in the morning because I was there for like two hours. Trying to get my money, trying to figure it out, nothing. So I'm, I'm going over there. I get over there, and I'm like, you know, and I'm, and you know how you're in your head arguing with somebody already. I'm like, fuck whatever Mike says. He fucking left me. I'm so pissed off. And I walk into the back of his room, and Mike looks at me, and he's like, oh thank God, and gives me a hug, and he's like, bro, I was so worried, man. He's like, we had to leave you. <laughs> I was like, we did. No, I mean, listen, I, I kind of feel I bad. I couldn't even get mad at that point, but I was, I was like. like oh. The the main those guys did not want no business Mm-mm. with a bunch of fucking dudes. Yeah, they wanted to hang out with me and all these hot chicks. Yeah, and it was late at night. Everyone's drinking, and I knew we're in this giant bus. They're all surrounding us. Yeah. We literally did like a skirt. We like pulled yeah. off, and I remember telling the driver like, "Yo, just go, go." We didn't know where we were going. <laughs> we weren't even in route to the next town. I was like, just get to a fucking Walmart or a truck stop. Get us the fuck I'm out of here. I'm gonna tell you, man. When you're when you're, we like, drove for like thirty minutes before we stopped. <laughs> when you're negotiating and then you watch the rest of the fleet rolling out, <laughs> like, are they seeing this too? Like, <laughs> but I tell you this much: I was happy because I really thought I was. I was like, if, if he gives me shit about me not being able to get this money, I'd be so pissed. But you were like, hey, man, fuck, we weren't gonna win that one. No, nah, like, there's yeah. no. There's sometimes you gotta take an L. You're like, all right, fuck it, you know. That was a big deal because that was a big L. That was a couple thousand dollars. And, and guess what? Gonna, Everyone still got paid. I, I paid out my own fucking pocket. Everybody got paid. A little over two grand to the, the whole crew. And but I definitely, I definitely was thinking like, I hope I don't. Tr- he doesn't chew me out. You didn't do any of that shit, man. You were, you were, were straight up say, like, God damn, Miguel, you didn't slap that goddamn Latin king in the face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the best, the best part too was when the owner of the bar comes up to me. That's like it's like five in the morning at this time, and he's like, I want to be honest with you. He's like, I think you got fucked over, and I think that's horrible. He's like, but. I walked in today, and he did. When I saw him walk in, he was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like he, he was so impressed by the fucking production yeah. value. And he was just so. Those but he giant goes, fans they have and fucking yeah. stripper poles and lights and foam machines. But when he was talking to me, he was just like, listen, the guy you deal with. And then the whole like crew of this guy was standing there. He's like, the guy you deal with. Yeah, he's a little fucking bitch, and his boys are little bitches, and they're just standing there, and then he had, like, the one percenter guys, he's like, these are good guys over here, but he goes, let me tell you, he's like, I had nothing to do with this deal, and I was like, I get it, at this point, I got it, we got cursed by the jank promoter, but sitting there- But Miguel there, was drunk, and he went into fucking our Facebook group, and was like, everyone tell this motherfucker he owes us money, 
Put his Instagram. Next thing you know, they're like calling his backup dope line. His little kids playing fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking dude, Fortnite on, and they're sending dick pics. Yeah, like a week later, the dude calls me up. Shit. He's like, "What the fuck is going on? You put my phone number and my Facebook on blast." He's like, "The phone number you have is my family number." He's like, "My son is getting dick pics every day." Oh well, oh well, son. Some some kid just gonna take one to the face. He's like, what "Take the, the L just like we did, motherfucker." He's like, "What the fuck is wrong with your fans?" He's like, "One of them videoed them taking a shit." And sent it to my son. And I was like, and then after me and him, like, we're trying to talk about getting the money, and he seems full of shit. But after we were trying to talk about getting money, he's like, the only thing I ask is, as I figure out a way to pay you, can you please tell your members to stop doing this? And I was like, oh, buddy, I got no Psych. control of them. Our followers <laughs> are the most relig- re- religiously res- resilient. Yeah. Aggressive, like once they're like, no, we're on to this. They are. That's what I love about our followers. And we do have a follower who was a police uh, police officer in there, and he sent me a picture of the dude, and he said, "Hey, do you know where this is?" And I was like, "No." And then he zoomed out. It was a picture of the dude in like his break room in the police department, and he goes, <laughs> he said to me straight up, he's like, I've told everybody on my task force, this motherfucker can't make a right turn without getting a ticket. <laughs> we, got, we got friends, we got friends in low places, baby. But fucking, uh, like the time we were in North Dakota and we were partying our asses off, and there was like five cops with us on the bus, and I won't say what was happening, or I won't say no names, but... Next thing I know, this other cop pulls up some rookie on doing a street beat. Hey, y'all, quiet down. And they're like, hey, motherfucker, get lost. He's like, oh, sorry, Sarge. <laughs> and then they're all, like, off-duty fucking. You know how many cop badges I've held and, and drunk as fuck? Like, and, and, and just in the middle of random bars and slap people in the head with their fucking, <laughs> with the fucking badge. Boo-boo. It's good being on tour. It's a whole other lifestyle. And. It's something that once you do it, you've bonded with the people you've went on tour with. But not only that, you've learned what you can and can't handle. Look, Robert, Robert's first year with We're us on tour. We're not even scratching the surface. No, man, because we, we got more shows to talk about tour. But I say, Robert, I wondered about Robert. I really did. I was like, Robert, are you going to be able to deal with all these people? Soldiered up. I knew Hot Rod was a goddamn soldier. He had done all this shit before. It was the first time really meeting Steven. He came on tour with us and handled it. That's the people who last the longest here at the Sausage Castle because... If it's like going to a really fucked up, chaotic summer camp that has no schedule, if you can survive tour, you can survive the Sausage Castle. Yeah, you can. It's it's a they go hand in hand. And hopefully, guys, it's like prison. You know, you yeah. gotta hide your shit. You gotta fucking sleep when you sleep and eat yeah. when you eat and fuck when you fuck. Well, guys, hopefully too coming up soon. Uh, if things take a, a better turn for everything with what's going on with COVID, we'll be back on the road doing mini shows. But. We got to take a break, Mike. And when we come back from break, we'll do the second half of the show. We'll cover some current events. You're listening to Mike Busey's show. Does your life suck? Are you tired of the same shitty old dead-end job? Has your girlfriend stopped sucking your dick? Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Knock, knock, because here's your opportunity to change your life. For just under a dollar a day, become a member of MikeBusey.com right now, and you'll enjoy the following. Some of the wildest, craziest, sexiest, never-seen-before footage live on the Snapchat. Sure, we all love the regular Snapchat, but if you want to see what's really going on, join now. Not only do you get to enjoy the countless hours of entertainment from me and the rest of the Sausage Castle family, but enjoy the long list of content creators that you signed up for, bringing new and amazing shows just for you to enjoy. Log into your online account every day to see some of this content you may have missed. 
After you've been a faithful member for three months, watch your mailbox, because we're sending you one of these badass members-only t-shirts. You can't buy this anywhere. You've got to earn it. The content's good if you're really into the content stuff, but for me, I'm more about the coming down, the parties. Snapchat's great. I watch it. It's That's not really what it's about for me. It's about coming down, hanging out. Being a member of MikeBeachy.com, it's not just about watching a secret Snapchat. It's an experience. As a member of MikeBeachy.com, you'll have access to some of the wildest and craziest parties at Mike Beachy's personal home, the world-famous Sausage Castle. Enjoy members' weekends. That's where you and the rest of the family join up at the wildest house in America and spend three days and three nights camping, drinking, sucking and fucking some of the wildest shit you'll ever experience. During members' weekends, you'll be rubbing elbows with some of the sexiest, craziest, wildest ladies you'll ever imagine, the beauty beauties. Don't worry, campers. We've gone the extra mile here at the Sausage Castle to make sure all you members are comfortable and have one hell of a camping experience. I've been following Mike Busey for quite a while. I've been a member for about three months, and I'll tell you what, it's the best, been the best three months of my life. To Memberships is you're missing out. I, uh, I started following Mike Busey about, uh, about two years ago, and the guy's a real guy, and uh, allows people to come here. They're like outcasts in society, and they fit in well, and uh, I was like, yeah, I gotta, get, I gotta fuck with this guy. Man, I've been following Mike about two months, became a member a month ago, so, but I'm, I'm happy I'm here at the fucking Sausage Castle, having a great day at fucking the drunken field bed. All I can say is America right now. Follow Mike Busey. Look at my eyes. Took my glasses off for you, America. For you. Follow Mike Busey. Become a member. Party at the Sausage Castle. Hell yeah. I hope you're hungry, because we're providing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Each campsite comes with its own electrical hookups, picnic table, fire pit, and grill. Go skating around our track. Swim in our lake. Enjoy our luxurious outdoor showers. The only showers that you go to get clean, but sometimes you come out dirty. During Members Weekend, enjoy the countless sports, entertainment, and amenities we have to offer. Live game show and trivia, tug of war, boxing, foam wrestling, airboating, basketball, tennis, volleyball, football, dodgeball. Enjoy our awesome arcade. Epic costume parties. Do you remember playing field day as a child? Well, imagine you doing the same shit, but really wasted. Each member's weekend, you and your team will battle it out to win thousands of dollars in cash and prizes. That's right, team white, team blue, not team black, because they lose. Oh, right, it's like that, Big Mike? It's team black, bro, even though we lost all our, all our stuff so far. The member's weekend, I'm gonna put it simple, has been the weirdest but most epic time of my life. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like this is just, right, it's life. Right now, it's it's amazing. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to meet everybody, to see how cool everybody is, how what? loving they are, and just how chill they are. They're just real people like us. Like it, I don't even think it's about the money. It's about the pride. At some point, some of these people they get they're so passionate about winning it that they don't even care about the cash prize. They're doing things that you'd never imagine just for the pride to win. Did you know that we have a full functioning recording studio? We've got some of the industry's premier equipment in our state-of-the-art recording facilities. You never know who's going to show up at the Sausage Castle. We've had a long list of celebrities, rappers, rock stars, 
athletes, models, and porn stars have graced the doors of the Sausage Castle. Think of it as a summer camp, but everyone's really fucking wasted and doing really weird shit with their genitals. The party doesn't stop at the Sausage Castle. At Members Weekends, you'll be able to experience the massive invasion as the, all the members head downtown Orlando. We've been known to take the party to the streets. Nothing beats a bunch of crazy assholes loading up on a party bus for a night of fun. Or enjoy an evening on the seven seas as we gamble and drink the night away on party cruise boat adventures. You never know where Mike Busey's gonna take you and the rest of the members during Members Weekends. Just shut up and get on the bus and enjoy the ride. Not everyone can make it to Members Weekends. By becoming a member, you'll be able to reap the benefits of coming to our shows and hanging out and partying with us for absolutely free, backstage or even on stage. Oh yes, if you're a member, we're putting you right there in the center of all the action. You don't have to take my word for it. Here's one of the members we met in Las Vegas. My name's Vince from LA, been a member for about eight months now. Great eight months. If you're on the fence, just do it. Once you do it, you won't regret it, and you'll just love every second of it. It's a, such a debauchery that it, it's oh, a good debauchery. You, you won't regret it. Then you meet a guy named Mike Busey, and then he introduces you to a whole another fucking life. And then you become a member, and then you fucking see the debauchery show that it is. Did we mention this is all 100% free? If you're a current member, you get to enjoy all the members' weekends for free. Let's be honest. I could probably name a million things you spend $30 a month on. Gatorade, cigarettes, bullshit at the gas station, the Sausage Castle. It's a place that defines freedom. A place that you can be yourself. A place where all walks of life are welcomed. No matter what race, religion, rich or poor, gay or straight, Christian or atheist, it doesn't matter. Come and enjoy. Arrive as strangers and leave as family. Oh, and we're back. After y'all had just, we just endured, y'all just endured a seven-minute commercial on why you should become a member of MikeBeast.com. It's a good commercial. It's long, but fuck it. It covers every, every aspect of why you should get down with us. I mean, if you listen to that seven minutes and you don't want to join our website, then I don't know what to say. Yeah, like, I mean, if you've heard the stories that we're telling you that you guys can be a part of, uh, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But, man, I'm telling you, like, if, if you enjoy Mike Busey, you like the vibe, all you got to do is become a member. You don't have to you like can... me. You just, like, you like pussy and, like, partying and, and coming to a cool place. Because there's tons of members that never even had a conversation with me. I've tried. I'm like, yo, hey, man, this is, like, the tenth time I've seen you. What's up? And they're like, yo, what's up? Doesn't it suck when you uh, like when somebody comes over here? They're like partying, and having a good time, but then they don't know who you are. It's like, how the fuck did you even become a part of this? You know? I always, I wish um, people when I, when I look into like a crowd of people at my house, I could like see something like floating over their head, and they would tell me like how they've heard about me or why they're here, because then you could be able to decipher who you should talk to. We kind of do that with the, the color coordinating. Of oh, the wristbands, yeah. So if you're a green member, it means you've been a member under 90 days. And which means we, you know, we're like, hey, welcome to the party. But hey, don't take any more than two pizza rolls, motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, but also, By the way, don't fuck none more. of these girls here. And by the way, we're telling everyone you have herpes. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's funny too because there, we do want we want people to be like, oh, this is my first time I came to the Sausage Castle to party and I had a blast and blah blah blah. But then also we kind of want like the gold members who have been fucking with us for like a year or so. We want them to have the best time ever. We have, too. We have green, silver, and gold. Silver, like you're in purgatory. Like, all right, cool, you fuck with us, but you ain't been down too long. Yeah, which. Silver gets gets respect. Yeah, but green. I'm like, eh, yeah, okay. Green's got doing? like the prospect patch on. Yeah, you know? it's like definitely. Like, a, there's definitely a fucking a, a a hazing, not a physical like, but there's like a mental like, hey, should we? Are you worthy of being here? Type of thing. Yeah. You know? And then the thing is though, like, uh, we want green members because we want new members. We want new people to be a part of it, and we we do want to make sure they have a good time. But like you said, man, gold members, some of these guys been fucking with, some of these gold members have been fucking with you for, for over three years. Yeah. You know? I think they've been making enough. So I've been a member for 10 years. I'm like, hold on, 10 years, motherfucker. I just started this like five years ago. What do you mean 10 years? Yeah. But I get it what they're saying, and um, I'm glad they're a part of it. And if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of what we're talking about, you can just come here, which I don't hurt, know of anyone doing that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That you could be, a, you could just show up here uh, on members' weekends and parties and stuff. It, it'd Keyword be at members' weekend. Yeah, because people do try to roll up on just like a Wednesday, and they're just like, "Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm in. I'm in your fuck. I'm at your front gate. I just signed up, man. Let me come party." I'm like, "It's four in the morning. Who are you? And why are you here? And no, there's nothing going on." I feel, I feel, and, I, and it sounds fucked up, but I feel bad when people roll up like, "Hey, man, just just became a member. I'm right outside." Just and drove like, from fucking Alaska, yeah, bro, here to party. Here to party, and we're like, "What do you what the fuck you mean?" Like, "Yeah, just signed up, man. I'm here to party." And we're like, "It's Tuesday, motherfucker. We're we pressure had, washing." We had a dude, like three, I don't know, right before the COVID thing, I think, right before we went to Columbia, he showed up in an RV, like ready to move in, and I'm like, and he showed up at like three or four in the morning. I'm like, "Who? What? What are you doing?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm here. I wanted to stay here for a while and see what's up." And you know, test it out. And then I was thinking about becoming a member. I was like, that's not how it works, player. Yeah. You don't get to go to fucking Chili's and eat around the world a little bit of this and a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about paying for it. It's like, no, that's not uh, how it works, player. Is there a try before you buy menu that I could get down with real quick? You know, just do you think, uh, like, because there's a lot of what you do, what you built, and you weren't the first, but the, you, you definitely perfected a system. And we see it more and more now. Trying other, to perfect a system. Yeah, we see it now and now more with other artists that are out there, like, creating sites where they can be fans and stuff i've had people come to my house been here for a weekend and literally the next day they're like swipe up to become a member of my site i'm like oh that's a great idea where did you get that from do you think sometimes too that people uh don't realize that there's a big difference between being a part of like your membership and like some of these other sorry ass people because some sorry ass people are like hey join my membership and they're just like posting two videos a month you mean like like, the random stripper that you're in love with and doesn't post but like once a month and it's because her rents do yeah like there's a lot of girls on OnlyFans and stuff that 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 basically fake the funk with posting you know they're just like join my OnlyFans we don't have to we're i don't mean to question the intelligence of our listeners but you don't have to be that smart to uh, comprehend that maybe a stripper isn't the most ethical on business uh, activity. Right. So a lot of them think, oh, I'm going to get make a bunch of money. I'm a Tom to like, hey, you want to see my titties? And then, and then these sucker-ass motherfuckers, which are kind of like fucking up the, the pussy economy, because they're the guys that are literally be Captain Sabaho on the drop of a dime and go and fly or show up and send them cash app them money. I know guys that are literally like... Their game is just to send a girl a hundred bucks, and they don't even know who she is, and that's before she's even accepted their friend request on Instagram. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? 
They just straight up just go fishing like that. Like they're like, yeah. I'm gonna lay a hundred out on. They're like on- that'll get her attention. Yeah, I've seen guys like try to stunt, and then I'm just like, whoa, bro, you don't have to do all that, man. Like you, like that just makes it makes it awkward. Yeah. Do you yeah. think? Do you think? So? I think something like OnlyFans changed the game too, where like there's a good and a bad to stuff like that. Like I think it's definitely changed like the adult industry where women can kind of be in control of their. It's product. cut the throat of the adult industry. Yeah. They're like yeah. You didn't fucking meet the right sleazy guy in L.A. to become a porn star? Well, fucking, hey, why don't you just post some provocative photos on your Instagram and right. then get a bunch of thirst traps and then And then it's like, why, like a lot of these girls are like, why the fuck am I paying a porn producer to film me masturbating in my bathroom when I can masturbate in my bathroom? A lot of these girls will make like $1,000 and they have to fly all the way to L.A. or something. Yeah. And then they're getting fucking ramrod all day and yeah. hair and makeup. They got to be like on time. There's a schedule and there's like scripts and shit. Yeah. And then, you know, now, well, the way e-commerce works and the Internet, I mean, luckily that for everybody that now you can just click a couple buttons and sign up on a credit card and boom, there you go. Is it weird to you? Like, because, you know, you had this system before OnlyFans and we kind of saw OnlyFans coming, but uh, I know that we didn't. I fucked up. Yeah. I should have just focused on being the middleman. Like, because OnlyFans is like the digital pimp. Yeah. They're taking a cut. They don't got to check in with these hoes. They don't got to do nothing. They're just like, yo, give my money. Yeah. And they're like the bank, you know, they're the middleman. And, uh, you know, I can't I can't hate the hustle and I damn sure don't judge anyone who wants to try to better themselves because I've always had a very open minded with with sexuality. You know, like I think it's uh, it's tried people have over the years have tried to demoralize it as if it's like a a thing that we're all like, unethical. If you're I heard something that said like 90 percent of all men watch porn and 75 percent of all women watch porn. And then they said something like 50 percent of men say they're against porn. You know, yeah, like I don't understand. It. I'm against it, but I'm gonna beat my dick to it yeah. every night. Who's against porn? Like, all you have to do is not watch it. If I met you don't guys like that. They're the guy that will like be at the strip club, thinking they're all cool and shit, and throw a bunch of money. Like, oh, you don't want to fuck me? Are you kidding me? You fucking whore! Fuck you! You ugly anyways. Like, hold on, hold on, backup player. Five seconds ago, you were trying to fuck, and now she's ugly, and you're calling her all these yeah. shitty names. And there's guys who really do think going to the strip club means they're going to get laid. Like there's still guys who don't understand the strip true. club. You know, it's like it, it, they basically go into fucking, uh, you know, Harry Potter land and Universal and think they're going to learn magic. You yep. know, that's not the fucking case, man. It's an illusion. It's true. I mean, I I've have countless interactions where fortunately I did get laid in many situations, but uh, a lot of times like the the fame game or whatever you want to call this, the notoriety, the currency is higher than the actual dollar because some of these girls, you know, they make a bunch of money and or they're doing drugs or they're just they're just fucking want to have fun. And they meet a guy like me and they're just like, oh shit, like he, you know, he's used to having hot girls around him. He's not gonna be weird and make it awkward. And then they feel more comfortable and then boom, they fall into my pussy trap. And the next time I'm in a shitty ass relationship with him six months on Instagram, <laughs> fucking. Now I wish I never tagged that bitch, you know, just that type of thing, you know, you never know. But I feel bad for some guys that go there and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, bachelor party, bro. We're going to fuck these hoes. And they're all like, that's where like fights start. You get all these like frat dudes all fucking hot and bothered on some white claws and they're all fucking <laughs> horned up and they come out of the strip club. No pussy. They're all wanting to fight each other. Damn, we took 10 Jaeger bombs. We bought that girl all kinds of shit. Man, what do you mean you don't fuck me? 
I got a Pontiac V fucking Sierra Sunfire <laughs> convertible, bitch. You don't want to fuck. What do you think? What do you think if you saw a car? What kind of car would automatically tell you that this guy's a fucking douche? I mean, anything flashy, but I like flashy shit. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many. If I saw an IROC Camaro. If I saw that and, and with the New Jersey license plates on it, before anything, I know this guy's a fucking douche. <laughs> like, There's a lot of, I mean, fuck, man, yeah. I don't know. Because you got the big truck guys and you got, like, the, the rice burner cars. Yeah. I hate those the most. Oh, the rice burner, this is what I hate. When it's like, hey, you know what's going to make my Honda go faster if it sounds fucking louder? Like, well, no. spoiler on it. Yeah, spoiler. I'm cruising through time. Here, here's, here's a spoiler. Spoiler alert. You're a fucking nerd. You know? Like, don't put it on there. I tell you also, if you have a Pontiac Firebird Formula, like the middle one, too, you know, not the Trans Am, the Firebird Formula, New Jersey license plates, and I see a members-only jacket in the backseat of that bitch, yeah, you're a fucking douche. I'm trying to think what's a douchiest car. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's totally a douche. And I hate this. I, and you know what? I hate this. I hate guys on crotch rockets that zoom past me doing fucking wheelies on, like, the interstate, and they're like, I'm so fucking cool. Yeah, and, I've seen that. And then they have the fucking, their, their girlfriend drives, like, a Toyota RAV4, and on the back there's a sticker that says, watch out for motorcycles. I'm like, watch out for motorcycles. I see them wheeling past me, motherfucker, going 90. Like, every other animal in the jungle knows the biggest animal runs the jungle. So, like, if an elephant's walking by, stay the fuck away from an elephant. You don't see, like, squirrels, like, I'm going to run between his fucking legs. He better pay attention to me. You yeah, know? It's, it's, like a, it's what I like to call an unnecessary risk in life. It's yeah. Like, I drove a motorcycle for about three years because I couldn't afford a vehicle yeah. or insurance. I was like, wait a minute. You don't have to have insurance on these things? Sign me Sign up. Sign me up. And, uh, Fill it yeah. up with a nickel of gas? Yeah, living in Florida, it's it's not the, the best thing. It rains every day. There's shitty potholes everywhere. You got tourists, were, old people. Were you and, that dude underneath the overpass? Like, motherfucker, oh, waiting yeah. the rain out? It depended on how bad it was, but there were times where I, I would literally urinate myself because I'd be shivering <laughs> so cold. And when you're when you're completely saturated with rain, yeah, what does urine matter? Yeah, you're like fuck it. I'm already wet. By the time I get home, this shit's gonna be washed off my crotch anyways. So, uh, one time I ran through a hole, <laughs> and I was you get on a that bike. acidic white burn on your fucking shorts though, where the piss acid, even though it's washed out, the piss acid has eaten through. I was so broke. I was working at a women's clothing store called Charlotte Ruse at the Florida Mall here in Orlando, Florida, and. Um, I took the turnpike home. This is back at Sausage Castle 1. And uh, I would do the whole slick, like, let me go past it and then cut through the median and go back up off the off-ramp right. going, the, going the other way, going north. And uh, one time I went to do it, and I slowed down. I pulled over to the right shoulder. Whoop, whoop. Caught right behind me. What do I do? Floor it. No. Oh, hell no. I didn't. Uh, hell no. Hell no. I definitely had the balls to do that shit. <laughs> Really? You worked at Charlotte Roos. That's <laughs> really? I expect only outlaws there. The, I had a high-up manager told me I was the only non-gay dude who worked there in the company. That's so crazy. Like, Hell yeah. And every time someone guy came in here, I was like, yeah, I want to apply. I'm like, yeah, I see what you're doing, motherfucker. I took his little application. Waited to turn it back through that shit in the trash. I'm like, I pioneered the non-gay Charlotte Roost shit. I was, I, I'm the, I'm the, the base of why people didn't get hired in certain You're positions. the Jackie Robbins of non-gay employees in Charlotte like, oh, Roost. y'all want to come in here and try to cut my throat, huh? Y'all trying to, y'all trying, y'all see a cool little position here? Let me, I'm working in an all-women's clothing store. It was all hoochie gear and shit. 
Y'all want to try to take my job? Nah, aren't, bro, aren't not be- today. Aren't the people who work there supposed to wear like Charlotte Russe clothes or something? Yeah, so and that's what did in the you, guidelines. So was, what did you what did you have to do? Like find like a cool big one? I was shirt? skinny at the time, so I was wearing like Banana Republic and shit, and like Gap and Guess and shit. That was my vibe, you know, at the time. And that was long before my. Well, actually, I've been wearing Hawaiian shirts since I was a little kid, like itty bitty kid. But anyways, so I fucking did a little fucking uh, U turn. I went to do. I the cop pulls me over. I get off the bike and I immediately say. Oh, I start fucking with my chain. Like, oh, my chain's fucked up. I think my sprocket's bad. And I'm like, and he's like, bullshit. You were going to fucking bust a Yui on this fucking toll pot turnpike. I was like, what? <laughs> Officer. Like, no way. It's against the Charlotte Ruse code of ethics. And <laughs> lo and behold, that was the last uh, fucking toll plaza, I think, till another 35 miles. I damn near was it the St. Cloud one? Yeah, oh. after, after St. Cloud, you had to go to like fucking uh, Yeehaw Junction or some shit, and uh, it was like, and I had to stay true to the game, so I just kept driving, and this motherfucker stayed behind me the entire <laughs> so you way. You had to drive thirty-five miles, and that's a long time on a bike. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't got no music. You're chilling. It's just you and the Lord, and this fucking cop behind you following you all the way there. And then, yeah. And that's one of those ones, like, toll-wise, you get that little, like, toll card or something. like. Yep. So, like, by the time you get off, you owe 18 bucks and shit. And you got to go 35 miles back. I'm like, damn, I just I, I could have been home fucking a long time ago. I, I did that shit going to your house once when you used to live in Sausage Castle 7. I missed that exit, and I, wrote, and I tried to jump the median, and I had that Chrysler 300, <sighs> and it got stuck. Like on the median because it had that like concrete median. Big LA did this shit to us. Yeah, and I'm flooring it like with the to try to just pull it over, scratching the fuck out of my bottom just because I I missed the goddamn. Sometimes you just gotta commit. You're like fuck it, I'm already too deep. Let me just keep going. Like well, it was a couple times we were driving back from somewhere in uh, Big LA. Uh, He'd be driving, and uh, next thing I wake up like, yo, where the fuck are we? He's like, what? What do you mean? I look. I'm like, bro, we're like two hours of like we're going north. We're supposed to be going south. He's like, what? No, no, we're good. I was like, no, bro, we're we're not good. He goes, oh shit, my bad. It's getting like, cold bad. outside, motherfucker. We're heading to Miami. Like we're two hours north from where we're supposed to go, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know, it's just I don't, how do we get started on that? Who knows? I don't even know. But okay. I do know that. Uh, Mr. Tiger King has been writing you letters. Oh, yeah, man. I've been getting letters from the Tiger King himself, man. Joe Exotic. Our buddy Saul reached out to him inside uh, the Fed. Shout out to Saul. Yeah, shout out to Saul, man. Sometimes our bus driver. uh, He reached out to Joe Exotic and the Fed out there, and and he's in Fort Worth. And uh, he sent me back a letter. Now, this is the thing. I had him send back the letter to Saul. I ain't trying to have no inmates have my fucking, hey, man, put something on my books, homie. Oh, okay. I got, Tiger King gets out of jail, shows up to my house. Hey, buddy, put you down as my residence. But uh, he, he's been writing me and shit. And he's talking about how, like, uh, he's got all this evidence against Carol Baskin for shit. He's got all this evidence against Jeff Lowe. And the crazy thing right now is that Jeff Lowe actually got his zoo license suspended by the Department of Agriculture Imagine over that. in Oklahoma because he's running the zoo that used to be run by Joe. That's the dude with the world, like the affliction, right? Yeah, Jeff Lowe's the dude who's been working right across from you at Charlotte Roost at the affliction <laughs> store trying to figure out why he's not getting any ass and you are because everything about him screams date rape. Uh, anytime a dude's walking around still wearing affliction, I'm like, either he's about to get in an MMA fight in the middle of the street right now, or literally... I don't even think MMA fighters wear affliction anymore. That's... I don't think so. I think I think dudes who wear affliction generally... 
they, 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 they take like 30 Some guy's t- listening to his show and a single tear just rolled down his eye. A single tear rolled down his eye while he's on his fucking Bowflex in his affliction outfit uh, just shooting up testosterone. Uh, d- dudes who wear when, – when I see a dude rocking – because dudes who wear affliction, they don't wear like an affliction shirt. They're all affliction head to toe. Like they're part of the affliction army, you know? Oh, yeah. And then they got patches and shit. The pants, yeah. the rhinestones, the fucking everything. And they, I'm like, why do you got a fucking airborne patch on your affliction shirt? It's like, bro, man, because it's in the fucking air. I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> I was I was digging affliction when it first came out, but then you ever, like, you ever see something or something in pop culture like, whoa, too many people are buying this. Ed Hardy. Yeah. The minute I saw Ed Hardy, I was like, okay, get in that I Rock and go back to New Jersey because I ain't fucking doing it. Like, I think if a girl sees, I think if a girl sees you in affliction or Ed Hardy right now. Her pussy not only dries up, it closes. Like for at least a twenty-four hour period. I know. Sure. There's a lot of trends that I'm like, man, I kind of wish I would have done the Harlem Shake, but then I'm like, eh, fuck it, it's too late. <laughs> I think it's too late. I think when it's trends like that, all of us have a moment where like, ah, it would have been fun. Cardi B has this new song out where everyone's like doing like dances, like a whole like thing where they pop it down yeah. on the floor and shit. M- and I'm like, wow, I think the wop shit. Yeah, yeah, I was like, damn, I, I kind of like the song. You know, I could fuck with it. I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do it. The Ray Shermer mannequin shit. You remember that? Yeah, the mannequin, the mannequin pose? challenge shit. Everybody, everybody. There's a lot of every week. I hear about a new fucking challenge. Like, I uh, seen something on TikTok where they're doing like this push-up thing where they go down slow and come up slow. I'm like, what is this? Like, okay, cool. Now yeah. these little kids are fucking doing PE. Good, good for them, <laughs> motherfuckers. The PE challenge: climb the rope and then uh, feel weird in the showers. What's the best challenge you think you can come up with? Like, get a job or fucking uh, be a respectful human? Oh, What's the cash good- at me challenge. Yeah. Where I'm like, this is my cash app. Cash at me. You won't. Yeah, you won't. You can't do it. But you won't. I'll make a fun video about it. Like, everybody moving all slow and shit. Cash at Miguel. He needs the money. And I'm like, oh, cash at This guy knows what's up. There's you so know? many things on the internet. There, there was a thing, um, I think it was last year or something, where it was like, follow this blue dot or some shit's Instagram. And they got like millions. Or it was like an orange or something. What was it? Do y'all remember what it was? It was like Mm-mm. a, it was an egg. That's what yeah. it was, an egg. Like follow this egg for no reason. And everyone just did. And it had millions and millions of followers for no I'd like to reason. make sure. That, I'd like to see that egg have a blue check mark next to it too. I think it might have That's, got it. When that egg gets verified, fuck it. Just stay off the internet, you know? You imagine I, I, I've seen some of those kids that like, like a couple years ago, they were super hot and shit. And now they're all like, what? They look like. It's funny, like, back in the 80s, if you were, like, Corey Feldman or whoever. Yeah. Uh, Which I noticed that you reached out to him, and I, I reached did. out to him, too. I was Same like, yo, day. you want to be on our show? Like, yeah. But uh, he didn't respond or read it. He didn't um, respond or read mine, either. Like, th- those kids, they had, like, longevity. If you were, like, cool back in the day, you would, like, have yeah. like, 10 years of a downward spiral. Yeah. Now these kids get popular for some stupid bullshit. They blow up. They get some little pussy. I've heard, like... Uh, our buddy Charlie Classic, he went to one of these like YouTube um, like conventions. Oh, I remember, yeah. And he said he met like this fourteen year old kid that has like millions of YouTube followers or some shit. And he was like, "Yeah, I was up all night doing coke, having threesomes." And he's like, "What the fuck? This kid's 14. And that's the thing about it is like because it's it, it, here's the thing: these kids aren't like, "Oh, that's that kid who was in all these movies." That's that kid who was in all this music. That's people are like, "Oh, that's the kid who fucks bananas on YouTube." He has a thing. Yeah. These guys have a thing that they do, and then you're like, "How long is that thing going to matter?" You know. Back in the day, I had like my OG like high school, middle school friends come out, and we'd go somewhere. 
and if we went out somewhere, like the whole gimmick was like, yo, like what's your story? Like what what yeah. are you gonna tell the girl? Because every guy tells every girl some bullshit in the bar or the club to try to convince her that yeah. he's the one that she should come home with, and they don't think it through. And they'll, I've literally, I've literally fucking yelled at my friend like, yo, what the fuck you doing in here? It's like, shh, please, 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 stop, 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 please, please. Yo, I told this bitch I work for MTV Dog, t- and I told her this is my house. Just play along. I'm like, you said what? Oh, hey, what's up, girl? Yeah, this is my roommate here. This is my, this is my roommate, Mike. I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, motherfucker. I'm giving him the eyes. I'm like, all right. Yeah, hey, this is a great house you have here, Chris. Uh, I love the place. My favorite part of your house is the pictures of my mom and sister on this wall. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is fairly cool, Chris. I had, a, I had a time when I went to a place called Melbourne, Florida. I know this one with the car. Oh, this is a good one. And uh, it was just one of those random nights that I was like, you know, fuck it, we'll go out of town. So we drove like an hour away, me and some of the homies. It was, it was back in the day when, like... Meeting up was ethical. It was like, all right, how many guys you bring? Oh, there's four yeah. of you? Okay, I'm going to get four of my girls. All right, so there's four on four, okay? All right, cool. So, like, they didn't even decide if they liked you. They just knew they had to like one of you because there's four chicks and four dicks. So we met up, and I had met this hot little Asian Filipino girl or something. I don't know where the fuck. I didn't check her, her fucking. Her, <laughs> you her, look at visas? Yeah, I didn't check anything. She worked at Olive Garden. You had to make a ticket to 23 and Me before you fucked yeah, her? Yeah, like, hold on. I got to find out what ethnicity you are or some shit. So she worked at Olive Garden. She was a hot little fucking hostess. And then we went back to her like apartment right by the beach. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's like when you're young, you're like, yo, this chick has her own place. Nothing sexier than a chick that has her own place back, in, back when yeah. you're younger, when you're in, in the beginning of your fucking career. And so we started, we started drinking and chilling and and uh, I have my buddy Sock Dick Dave, who's uncircumcised. Uh, he's Argentinian, and he was one of my best friends. And he's just like the biggest bullshitter. He's the guy that like he would go the extra mile to tell a story, and he would fabricate the whole thing. And you're like, you're looking like what? And, and you're not saying nothing. You're just looking like, what the fuck is he thinking? Why? Why is he going this far over the top to convince this person this is true? He'll sit there, and start smoking. Yeah, I was in a. I was in Desert Storm. I'm like, hold on, mother- motherfucker, you weren't even old enough to be in Desert Storm. He starts making shit up and, you know, just just like, he's a, he's a good dude. He's just a fucking, he's a, he's a dumbass. And uh, we're all like back in this apartment drinking. We're all like vibing. So it's everyone's doing the thing and we're playing shooter there. And it was like guys versus girls. Next thing you know, this girl says, I dare you to suck his dick. And then when you're playing shooter there. She every- dared another girl to suck. The, yeah, okay. one of her homegirls will suck my dick. Yeah. So when you hear that, you're secretly spontaneously combusting inside. You're like, yes, yes, yes. But you got to play it cool. You're like, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I'll let her. I mean, if I had to, you know, I mean, whatever. This is a dare, I yes. guess. Got to play by the rules, you know. Fucking got to keep the ethics of the game. So next thing you know, she's sucking my dick. And I'm like looking. I'm like, wait a minute. Why the fuck am I even like, why are we playing this still? Like I just won. Like we this is like the second question out the gate. She goes, we go straight to Dare, and then yeah. boom, I'm getting my dick sucked. And now, what are you gonna do? A prank call next? You yeah. Know, so we, I was like, nah. And like, I don't, for the first time in my life, I was like, nah. I'm gonna fucking like, no. I'm gonna take up. I'm gonna like, no. Let's. I'm. I'm checking out. Hey, yeah. y'all have fun with this game, motherfuckers. So we go upstairs, and I remember we just go into some random room, and there was like no furniture in there. It was just like a floor, and she's tiny, hot little spinner chick, and my giant ass is like fucking her across the floor no bed no nothing 
and I'm getting rug burned like a motherfucker. She's getting rug burned. This poor little Asian girl sliding around like a fucking hockey puck around on ice around this room. And I look over in the corner and I get ready to bust a nut. And there's the only thing I bust a nut is on is the fucking like some teddy bear or some shit. There's like nothing but still stuffed animals. Yeah, in the room. I'm like, wait a minute, what are we in like some kid's room or some shit? Lo and behold, I guess the chick who lived there, like, like I don't know what. I guess she had a kid or something. I don't know. But I busted a nut on her kid's toys. And then we go back downstairs the next morning. It was romantic. I ain't gonna lie. It was one of the one of my favorite sexual conquests. And uh, fucking the next day, Sock Dick Dave's like, hey, fat kid, you gonna fucking drive? Fat kid's what they used to call yeah. you. Yeah, and this is back when I wasn't even fat. So I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? So we get we he had this like old Honda fucking Accord four door. It was like baby blue, no paint job. Like if you touched it, you got like it felt like fiberglass burns, and it was like chalky because it had no paint on it. It was like primer, so I don't know. It was sanded down, no paint job, and it was like really low to the ground. And then this motherfucker uh, says, "Hey, I got to, hey bro, I told you, I told homegirl that I'm a fucking uh." I'm a engineer, and then I work at, I forget what place he said. It was some local place everyone knew, like, oh, shit, like Lockheed Martin or yeah. some shit. He's like, I'm an engineer. I told her, told her I'm an engineer. He tells me this on, as we're walking out the door and then doesn't give me no more clues. No, no more, prep. No prep. Hey, motherfucker, drive your shitty car. <laughs> and he starts shit-talking you? He starts shit-talking me, tosses me the key to his car. We get in his car. I look at him like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll drive my car. So the hot little Filipino girl's like, "Oh, that's your car," and you can tell she's kind of disappointed. Yeah. And everyone's like, "All right, whatever." You know, we get in the car, and this car's filthy, right? This motherfucker's got Gatorade bottles, fucking blunt wraps. He's got the the little fucking corn dog paper wraps everywhere. The little what was little fucking Tostigos, Tostitos. Little the fucking, taquitos? Yeah, the things yeah. on the rollers. They had little yeah. paper wrappers. Tuskegos. I think of like the Tuskegee Airmen. You're like, No bullshit. It was like eight inches of fucking 7-Eleven debris in this fucking Honda Accord. <laughs> and he's roasting me the whole entire time. Like, yeah, why don't you clean your fucking car? And I'm like, you motherfucker. This motherfucker's a dick because he's having you cover his, his shit. And then he's still roasting you about his own car. Oh, yeah. And, and like fast forward... Uh, like two years later, I was working at Disney World and I was like, I snuck them onto one of my fireworks cruises where people paid a bunch of money, these like families, and they get to go watch like these firework crews. And I drove around this pontoon boat and I served them like fancy like desserts and drinks. And I gave them a tour and I docked up underneath the bridge of France and at Epcot and watched this whole Illuminations fireworks show. And I told them, like, yo, uh, I think one of these families is going to cancel this day. You and your girlfriend should come out. And he comes out. Here comes Sock Dick Dave over the top. Hey, what's up with these cruises? Can I get on one? I'm like, oh, uh, maybe. Like with a, holding a fake mustache over his yeah, mouth. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and with a top hat and monocle and you shit. dumb motherfucker. And I was just, and he used to let me borrow his car to drive to work all the time. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I might be able to fit you on, just two, two of you. And then he's like telling this whole boat of like multiple families because you could book it by yourself or yeah. whatever. He's, like, going on these long-ass stories about how he was, like, he's from New York and this and that. He's like, oh, no, sure, yeah, I'm from New York, too. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're from Argentina. And he's just, like, the biggest bullshitter. 
telling these people these stories, and I have no idea what this has anything to do with what we're talking about. Well, at about. least finish it. We've been going down this path that's for like it. nine that's all minutes. I, that's all I got. That's where it ended? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> How do you build us up so hard, and then you're like, hey, see, he's from Argentina. Anyway. <laughs> hey, so, sometimes they're a big payoff, and sometimes it's like a medium. It's like sex, you know. Sometimes it's really good, or sometimes it's not good at all. So <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> at what point when you're telling this story do you realize, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's kind of the beauty of the show and, That's the, what's up. and the train wreck. Yeah. I have had a lot of people say, I really love when Miguel tries to, like, steer you, and then you're just, like, completely derail. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm just telling you. A lot of people have enjoyed it, so. Yeah, I love it, too, man. It's just, like, because uh, during it, I'm never sure, like, is this going to pay off, or am I getting all these details? Just You know what reminds me? It reminds me when you, like, talk to your mom. And she's on the phone. She's like, so yesterday I went to work and Gladys was there. And I thought, exactly. Gladys, you know, I thought to myself, why was she wearing red shoes? Because she does not like red. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck are you trying to say? She's like, oh, there was a shooting. You know, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, exactly. How, how did I need to have all those supporting details to get to something that was bigger than all of that? A lot of people try to test my gangster by they were calling and texting me. Oh, because you gave out your phone number. Yeah, and they definitely called and texted. And yeah. And they didn't, like, yo, is this really Mike Busey? I was like... Did you remember that you had given out your phone number? Not really. <laughs> Not at the beginning. Because I was like, who the fuck is this? I, I, I don't ever answer numbers I don't have saved in my phone. I'll text back if I'm, like, busy, or if I'm, if I'm, you know, have the time. I'm like, yo, who's this? And they're like, yo, is this really Mike Busey? So I'm like, I should text him and say, yeah, of course it is. But I'm like, nah. Let me send this motherfucker a voice message. Yeah. So I do the whole, and plus I'm like, yo, I gotta type this shit out. I'm like, yo, yeah, it is. Of course it's Mike Busey, motherfucker. I keep it real. And they're like, oh, no fucking way. So shout out to the several, several people who texted and called me. Don't, don't call me. Just text. And I'm like, you know, I'll text back something. <laughs> yeah. So send him a text. Now you get, you get texts and snaps and stuff all the time from people like, uh, and I noticed too because like you'll get you'll get things from Instagram. Tons of people don't really like explain anything to you. I'll just see your messages and they're like, "Yo, I fucks with you. Fly me out there to party." Uh, like well, that that those are several times a day, or it's just like, "Yo, you need to fuck with me. I'm I'm next up." Blah 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 blah. They think I'm like the white Suge Knight. Like I'm gonna put them on in the rap game or some <laughs> shit. And I got the plug. I'm how do like, you do, how do you do that for like YouTube and Instagram stars? Because like rappers, they would always be like spit some bars. Like YouTube stars, what do you be like? Let me see you fuck that banana. Yeah, all right, um, kid, you got something. You got something. I've had several situations where I'm like, damn, I kind of see some potential here, but I just don't got time for it, you know. And it's kind of like an entertainment business. You know, the bottom guys don't get the fuck with the top guys, and the top guys don't get the, you know, it's just there's a there's a chain of hierarchy. You can't just, the minnows can't fuck with the whales. You got to come to the bigger fish to work your way up to the shark, then to fuck with the whales. And a lot of people think they're like, yo, hey, man, here's my shit, or da-da-da. Sometimes, however, we'll meet some random guys like, yo, hey, I sell these grills, and they're fucking awesome. And I'm like, and I'm talking about, like, barbecue grills. I'm like, yeah, I definitely need those. What's up? And we'll talk, and then we'll do business. And every now and then we have, like, a bump box situation. Shout out to yeah. Bump Box Rob and everyone there at bumpbox.com. Promo code Busey. You have a guy that, like, is cool, gets it, and he's in the business, and he's ethical, but he's also, like, crazy and fun and wild like us. Bump Box Rob and you 
are almost similar in like conversations going anywhere. Attention spans of a titmouse. Oh my god, Buff Fox Rob will call us up, and I'll be like, "Hey, Rob, I really wanted to talk to you guys. Hey, Miguel, hold on real quick. Check out the street I'm in in China. Hey, Miguel, blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then and then literally then he'll race through all the important shit in sixty seconds. He like, but anyway, really, man, I was in the Zhaojing province, and they found that thing that you guys were looking for. So I need you guys to send this information to blah 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 blah. I gotta go. Chinese New Year. Ding, 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 ding. It's like when the guy <laughs> dies in the movie. It's like. Look under the rock. Yeah. You're like, what rock? Like, the rock. And he dies. (laughs) God damn it. We just watched two hours of this movie to find out there's going to be a part two. We don't know what's under the rock. (laughs) That's how half the people listen to the podcasts are. They're like, I I hope to. I want you guys to start a forum called Finishing the Stories so that you guys can just get together online. You're like, so I think maybe Sotic Dave, uh, well, based on based on a snap I saw three years ago, because I think if you followed enough of Mike Busey, uh, some of these stories you've heard the other ends of on like his snaps or Instagram. And I, w- I would like to meet like the fan that's got a room going with pictures and string everywhere and shit. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny you mention that because every now and then, like once or twice a year, I'll meet a guy who's like, yo, I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, thanks, but are you really? And then they'll be, oh, yeah? I remember that time that you and Art shoved carrots up his ass. I was like, ooh, good one. What else you got? (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, I remember when y'all blew that toilet up in your living room. I was like, oh, shit, you do fuck with me. And I'm like, instantly, just because he's either followed me this entire time low-key and just been kind of hiding in the shadows, or he really did fuck with me, and he still follows me to this day. And then we just happen to run into each other. I'm just like, because I always take their word for it. You know, I'm not like fucking out here giving out trivia quizzes and shit. But when they really prove they really do fuck with me, I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like it's like a connection that you can't really explain. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Like this random person that I've never met says they, they appreciate what I do. And he actually can like. Boom, 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 and tell it off, top of the, off to the top of the dome, like what what he like remembers, or you I, know. I think uh, I think there's an opposite side to that too. Is is something Definitely. that I know that you hate is when people are like, "Yo, Mike, I fuck with you," and you're like, "Oh, thank," because you, you really care about your fans. I know that, but then somebody be like, "Oh, I fuck with you," and you're like, "Cool." And they're like, "So what happened, man? Did you have to move after your house burnt down?" Oh, it's it's a heartbreak because I'm just like, "Yo, bro, I don't want to be a douche, but like, here's the deal." And this is something not, not everyone understands. And I'll, I'll paint, paint the picture for you. I've dedicated my entire life to hanging out with people and trying to show them a good time and, and bring some type of escape to their harsh realities of life. But I'm not trying to just hang out with every fucking random ass dude. I want to fuck with people who, like, fuck with me. So I feel morally obligated to someone who's, who's followed my nonsense, whether it's even six months or whatever 10 years whatever and i when when they do that i have like this sense of connection I'm like damn okay so you get it you know what i've been through and i find myself now like even if a fucking the pizza man comes here i have to be like yo bro you know you've heard it came from trailer parks foster homes fucking now i have everything and it's like it's hard i actually feel bad sometimes for people who didn't know the old me or seen the old stuff because they can't really like connect with it because they see what they see and they're just like oh this is just some dude who has a bunch of money and they and hot chicks and da 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 but they don't realize i was fucking bad bitches when i was like had nothing and and still like it's just it's such a it's a cool thing when you meet someone like people who are listening to this right now those are the people that really like are hardcore like fuck with us 
and that's what I love. Like when you tell me stories when you're like in different states or in the country, and they come up to you like, "Yo, Miguel." Yeah, I love hearing that because it means like what we're doing is working. Yeah. And when people, even I've had very close friends and random strangers like message me on Snapchat, Instagram, like, "Yo, I love the podcast. Please don't stop." That's the stuff that keeps us going because it makes us feel like we're not doing this for nothing. Because we don't want to just hear ourselves talk. We want to. Inf- we want to positively affect y'all. I like when people don't remember my name but know that i'm associated with you and they're like bro mike Busey." like they'll just point and just say mike Busey" to you we have a neighbor that we won't say her name but she's hot and she's been calling you manny for, for like, like a year and a half maybe yeah. yeah hey manny hey manny it's like it's fucking miguel yeah i'm like and literally today we told her and she's like really and i'm like i tell you this all the fucking time but i like when fans do it because it's like they fuck with you they see me with you they can't remember my name but they just they light up because they know i'm with mike Busey, and they'll just be like bro mike Busey, mike Busey." there you know how many side deals have gone behind behind the scenes that i never knew of i've had dudes like yo bro oh fucking blah 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 girl fucked me man she i sent her 200 dollars. she never sent me those nudes i'm like huh Sorry, buddy, but I'm not fucking a uh, scallywag customer service, buddy. You just, you talking to the wrong motherfucker, yeah. okay? Hey, I apologize if she hustled you, but hey, you fucked up, player. You should have became a member and could have seen her fucking butthole a thousand times for way less and came to party with me. You know what's funny, too, is when people are no longer with our brand, but the only content that they're putting up on their like OnlyFans or their oh. sites is shit they filmed and Don't did with get us. Me. See, the, av- the new followers are like, okay, this is cool, but the people who follow us for a while, they're like, yes, tell us more. Tell yeah. us more. We want to hear names. Yeah. Say the name. Because sometimes it's like, man, I hate to get all deep and shit, but in all reality, like everyone who's ever came and, and gone, and it's kind of like, we, you know, we should send out, Steven, another, the next, the, the next mass text should be one of those like spam ones, like, yo, bro, hear what they say about you in this podcast? <laughs> and then they're all going to listen. We're like, yo, they talk about you. Guess which episode? Yeah. Guess you got to listen to them all. Hey, man. And you know someone right now is like, fuck, turning down their shit. Like, damn it. They're talking about me, but we're not going to. I don't really like. It's like, honestly, I really, I still love and care for and I hope they're all like happy and well. And it's, it's a, it's a very deep seated issue. Not to like, you know, bring the vibe down or be serious, but that's what you're going to expect of the show. You're going to see train wrecks and you're going to have very sen- sentimental, heartfelt conversations like we're having right now is that people come and go in, in my world and the only thing that stays consistent is me. Like, there's always going to be people that come and go. The house is going to be different colors. This person's going to move on and do that. There's going to be, you know, fucking... It's like the I'm in the Roseanne season where Roseanne wins the lottery, but then she was white trash the first 10 seasons before. Like, I'm still, I'm still this white trash piece of shit, but now, like, I can pay my bills now, you know? And... Everyone like gets hung up on like, oh, I miss this person. I wish they're like, yo, I still wish they were around too, but I wish they weren't doing drugs, yeah. stealing shit, or being a sacket piece of shit and not being productive. And I protect their character at first for a while because I don't want I don't want like the viewers to like turn on them. I don't want them to be like, man, fuck that motherfucker. Da-da-da. And then the only thing that saves me and kind of checks them is turning the camera on and letting our audience see like how they really are and it kind of sucks because it's like you're telling the world that santa claus is not really like yo you know that chick you're in love with well she actually doesn't give a fuck about you and she does absolutely nothing here but cause problems and it's like fuck man like i i hate that but i learned that way back in the day 
at the first Sausage Castle when some of the guys that I first moved in with, they had, like, when we first got evicted, they had, like, plans to go do their own thing. They're like, you know, Mike, you know, he's crazy. And he, he there's one thing I always did. I always had my fucking rent, never late. But they were like, well, you know, he, they would be stressing. They're like, yo, he's out here, like, fucking almost killing himself and making 10, 20 bucks to pay rent, which is what I did. And I would do all kinds of, we, I had parties like, yo, bring 20 bucks. I'm going to do something fucked up. And I'd go to the hospital for $60, <laughs> you know, like doing dumb shit. One time there was, uh, he was he's an NBA player. Now Amari Stoudemire, uh, he was like an all-star, rookie of the year and all that stuff. Some of y'all might know who he is. Well, he was coming to like my house in like high school, like coming over, like drinking Smirnoff ice and smoking weed. And we were playing blackjack and he had like the keys to his gym. And we were going over there and playing basketball with him and shit and we're like, man, we hope this motherfucker goes to the NBA. And sure enough, he did. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. But uh, it's it's just like. <laughs> that was one of those. Hold on, I'm going, yeah, one of those, going back to it. So those guys <laughs> I live with, they were like, they were like, yo, let's not, let's not have Mike like come to the next house situation. Did you have Amari Sotomayor talk to him? No, Mars Stoudemire, as soon as he got drafted, he was out. Like, I actually had to have him try to come speak at my church to, like, a youth group. And he, like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. I remember he was dr- driving a Mitsubishi Montero Sport. Yeah. It was a white one. I think, like, he did some fucking, like, the car dealership here in Orlando. Yeah. Was, like, fronted him the car, you know. Put it in his mama's name shit. Oh, yeah, his mom was, like. Was uh, remember LeBron's mom had that fucking, uh, that Hummer? There's always uh, those questionable high school, like, yeah. NBA players, like, how are they driving this yet? They're not even drafted yet. Which I always think is bullshit. Let these fuckers get paid. They're making colleges money. They're making. You're I playing. Agree. You're playing in the fucking McDonald's All Star game. I actually game. turned Everybody's them away at drunk people in costumes too. You turned them out. Started my way. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And he didn't want to pay five bucks to get in my house. I was like, oh well. And then uh, the point guard for Cypress Creek High was like, yo, yo, that's a Mark. That's Stat. We call him Stat. Yeah. Like, yo, that's Stat. And I was like, I don't. Who the fuck is Stat? Like, yo, he's, he, dude, he, he's up next. He's up next. He's, like, the number one high school player in the, in the country. Me and, uh, me and Rowdy Robbie at a party almost booted out two dudes from the Orlando Magic. And then the people were like, no, they play for the Magic. And we were like, all right. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, I know there's a lot of, like, controversy going on with the NBA because of the bubble thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, wait a minute. So you're surprised at a bunch of rich, young, uh, athletic and their sexual peak millionaires are fucking trying to buck the system a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sneaking in girls and stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't they, though? I mean, you got to remember, like, these guys are what, like 20, 22 to 26 years old, you know? The commissioner should have uh, designated, like, a couple strip clubs as official NBA strip clubs. Bubble strip clubs. Yes, and they should have brought them in on a bus, yeah. swabbed their buttholes, said, all right, you're good to go. You know, you're consensually going to go they have fun with these guys. They should have hired Luke from 2 Live Crew. They should have got Uncle Luke and been yep. like, Uncle Luke, we need you to reach out to the whore's daughters that are dancing now that you knew in the 80s and <laughs> just pack it out. Yeah, and that would have been – I would have been much more – I would fucking subscribe to NBA TV if it was like, yo, inside the bubble cam, watch <laughs> all these young, rich, giant penis millionaires fuck all these hot strippers. That's that's the fucking shit I want to swipe up to. I know y'all can dunk the basketball, but can y'all fuck these hoes? Like that's what I want to fucking see. Like you know. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Everybody's Who got doesn't? a sex tape. Everybody's got a sex tape afterwards, man. 
And you think about it too, like you know, you know how it is during All Star Weekend and stuff like that. There's professional working girls that come out to all this stuff. Oh, and yeah. right now, I've man, it, it must be hard for them because you know it ain't like before where they could just come out, get floor seats, and then they know that this dude's gonna holla at them. I almost feel sorry for the whole entire country, of Colombia. Like, how are they gonna feed themselves? Like, <laughs> I mean, no Americans are going there to get the sweet pussy, and they're not, not fucking handing over that damn money. <laughs> They can't travel there. You, you think? Know? You think any of these like like thoughts that were supposed to come to like the thought they were going to be like all the basketball games who can't make it? They're paying the tech guy to put their image on like the floor seats with like a little sign like oh yeah, you know, with my phone number and shit. You know, there's some dope boys there or somebody in some type of business all around this world that was like, yo, we about to hit it big, cause. And then as soon as this shit happened, they're like, nope, uh, we're gonna go get a day job. What do you do to motherfuckers who have floor seats? Like, who, people who have floor seats, what happens to that? Orlando Magic is actually promoting, because it keeps coming up on my fucking uh, Facebook, like, buy season tickets. I'm like, hold on, buy season tickets with what? With, for what? Said season uh, 2021. I'm like, motherfucker, I, I can't, like, I'm the type of guy my whole life that up until recently, I never had nothing on auto pay. Like, if it was, it was only like, or there was a difference there between, like, the powers do this day. The powers late this day, and this is when they coming down the driveway to cut that shit off. I would pay right before that because I'd be damned if I die with having thirty more days of electricity for whoever the fuck's living in my house. Because I was like, nah, we we fucking paying in the last damn minute. <laughs> so um, buying season tickets for twenty twenty one. Hell no! I don't even. What if y'all are garbage or someone blows out their fucking? What if there is no twenty twenty one season? Yeah, it's like like right now there is no twenty twenty season, and they're so optimistic. They're like, but twenty twenty one. Like some guy That's in the, the Titanic one. was like, oh, I bought tickets to Broadway. <laughs> some and guy in the Titanic bought tickets for the ride home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Someone upgraded his fucking cabin. Like, yo, I just fucking sold some gold fucking watch to some Stuart dude yeah. down in the fucking bunks of fucking the well. And you know that ship. same dude, like fucking, you know, like, like a couple decades later was like, I almost lost everything on the Titanic. That's why I put my money in these Zeppelins. This Hindenburg is going to be the score, you know? I wonder what, there's got to be a record of a guy that was like near all these like catastrophic shit that survived. He probably level. worked it. There was a dude who was like, work and wash dishes on the Titanic. Whoa, this was horrible. Work and wash dishes on the Hindenburg, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, you know there's some guy, some unsung hero that like, he survived all this crazy shit. Better than that, you know there's one dude who was supposed to go to work on the Titanic. He was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to take Monday off. And then they were like, well, Roger, when we get back, we're going to have to have a talk with you. And then everybody died. And then he got back. And then he went for another job interview on, like, the fucking Lusitania. And they were like, what did you do? And he was like, I worked the Titanic. I was the goddamn general manager. Who are you going to call? You know? <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to call up fucking everybody who died? That's why I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like resumes are just a giant bluff. Oh, dude. Like, Bro, you can't get one of your stoner friends to fucking lie and say, yeah, he was the manager, the waiter at blah, blah, blah. Do you know what my resume says? I was the district manager of Toys R Us. Who the fuck are you going to call? Yeah. <laughs> like there's, I'm like, I'm the district manager of Toys R Us, and before that, I ran every circuit city in America. I look at this. If you didn't lie on a resume, you didn't want the fucking job bad yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah, like, like there's apparently Jeff Epstein. He lied on all kinds of shit, like his uh, his college degrees. <laughs> all and shit. kinds of shit. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, he definitely. He, I don't know, but I've been heard that maybe he may have probably did a few things that was unethical. Yeah, he definitely didn't ID check at the door. You know, 
It was just like all that hey. money you couldn't buy the guy to ID check somebody. Yeah, I'm like, hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like the, the crazy thing with with Jeff Epstein is like I didn't know anything everything about him. him is the crazy. That's thing. What I didn't know anything about him until like a couple, maybe two years ago. And then every year since then, I've learned more and more. That I'm like, how the I couldn't fuck pronounce was this his guy? last name forever. I was like, God damn it! I was like, all right, he's coming up. I'm gonna have to fucking learn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna it's have like, to fuck. learn it. It's like. Like when you see one of these like uh, West African NBA players, like Abakadula, I'm like, oh, oh my god, I'll wait, I'll wait till his second All Star game. Yeah, Yao Ming, <laughs> I wasn't fucking with him until like season three. I was like, all right, yo, Yao Ming, yeah, yeah. okay, I fuck with you. Ain't good. Tall ass motherfucker, he's cool, he's cool, <laughs> he's cool, he's cool. <laughs> it's Yao Ming. That one should be pretty easy, man. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I get stumbled on the easiest shit. <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, um, this is a little more serious note. Uh, Michael Jordan's uh, father, which we all know, uh, was brutally killed in 1993 in North Carolina. Yeah, and the guy um, is Larry, out. Yeah, for- Larry Demery is going to be up. For- he's already eligible for parole in 2023, and it looks like he's going to get paroled as long as you know. I mean, he's got it's prison. He's got three years to fuck up. So trust me, that's a lot of time to fuck up in prison. You know, but uh, it's weird because. What, 1993? I think he was convicted in 1994. You know, the trial took a little time. So you're talking about 26, 27, 28, 29. 29 years. To an outsider, you're like, I don't know how if that's enough time or not. But if that's, that's your like dad. That's like question. If that's your dad, there's no fucking amount of time that someone can get. And, and the hard thing is this, man. Like, I do know that people can change but it's hard to believe somebody that gunned a man who was sleeping. Everybody finds that was Jesus sleeping. in prison. Yeah, you know, like, just because you, you have changed, does that mean you deserve a right to be out? You know, and that's it, a hard question because it's different when somebody's, like, slanging dope and stealing cars and you're like, all right, this guy's not going to do that again. But when you murder somebody who is sleeping in their car and rob them, even if you change all the way, does that doesn't forgive what you did. All right, uh, on a lighter note... If someone actually kills this guy, if he does get released, does he get J's for free the rest of his life? All of them. You all hope so. Them. Even he even gets the Jordan shoes that nobody wants, like the fucking like all the baseball shoes and shit. All right. So what if you would you want like what would you be willing to do to play one on one basketball with Michael Jordan in your in your backyard? What would you do? What would you be willing to do? For a one-on-one game with Jordan, I mean, just but Jordan's an asshole athlete. He's just gonna dunk on Watch me, your school me. Mouth, okay? He's gonna make me feel like shit. All the right, whole I'm gonna game. throw Dennis Rodman and Will Purdue and Scottie Pippen okay, in the mix. Okay, what would I be willing to BJ do Armstrong. to have them play ball? Yeah, and, pick and, up and just pick up game and I coach it. Okay, a little sweating, but you're not running. Yeah, because I don't want – what the fuck am I going to be doing the whole time? Like Dennis Rodman, you got Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, B.J. Armstrong, Michael Jordan. What, what, what's my position in this? Are you guys want some water? You know? <laughs> I would definitely murk this dude on, on site for Michael Jordan to come play basketball at my house. And then still just get dunked on the whole time? Yeah, balls in my face, everything. I, would, I wouldn't even wash the part of the balls that hit my face. If, if MJ dunked on me and his balls just slapped me inside the head – I would probably get the silhouette tattooed on the side of my head. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. His, I'm, I've uh, I've met him. Uh, yeah, I became friends with his family. That's right. His son, his son used to come to your house. That's correct. And you I got was, a letter. You got a letter, cease and desist letter or something from you got a uh, cease the, and desist letter from the NCAA and the University of Central Florida. 
uh, saying, do not ever post our fucking, our baby Jesus on your website. Because you, jo- you had Marcus Jordan getting tattooed. You had him shooting guns at your house. I'll, well, I, I'm going to go into much more detail because we're still homies and, you know, we see each other out and about. But, yeah, in his budding career, you know, you don't want to ruin when it. He, when he did come over, I definitely did hide my fucking Space Jam VH, VHS. Why'd you hide it? Because I just didn't want him to think I was groupied out. But Everybody just, was a Michael Jordan groupie. Yeah, but it's like. Jordan's one of those dudes that you don't have to pretend you weren't a groupie for. I didn't know Miguel. I was nervous. I didn't want him to think that I was going to make it awkward, so I hit everything Michael Jordan related. <laughs> I have thousands of fucking Michael you Jordan You had Jordan cards. shoes everywhere, thousands of Michael Jordan stuff. You had Space Jam. You had to hide everything. You scrambled like a girl's coming over I your house. I had my Space Jam blanket. I have a photo of me at like 14 laying on the trailer park like floor, uh, East Lake Fish Camp, Kissimmee, Florida, and I have a Space Jam blanket like over me, and I was just so excited. That's like, you know, thinking about like Space Jam. I hope I'm like pushing hard to get every R&B singer in the world to remake all of R. Kelly's songs so I could just rock them again. So, you know, because like right now you can't be like, you can't just be cruising around. It's like, I believe I could fly. That's why I won't people watch just the documentary, look at you. Miguel, because no. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin my fucking playlist. I'm reaching out to every R&B artist. I'm like, hey man, is this fucking uh, Tony, Tony, Tony? What up guys? You want to redo fucking stepping in the name of love? Cause uh, All right, I, I, probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but now we're talking about him. He was the first celebrity ever to come to Sausage Castle. R. Kelly was. Yeah. Wow. He was uh, fucking my friend Claudia. How old was your friend Claudia? She was a. She was like twenty two, twenty three. So she was of age. And Did shit. she look really young? Oh my god, it's full circle. And I met him at Charlotte Russe, and he and his. <laughs> Well, you met thing. R. Kelly at Charlotte Russe. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, that's why we brought all this up. It's a it's such a game we're playing each other. Me and Miguel pretending that we're I'm pretending I'm going derail, but it all comes back. So I met him at the Florida Mall and and I guess now I don't have to worry about talking shit. I have video of him getting his dick sucked in my living room. And uh anyways, uh <laughs> his whole thing would he'd come to the mall. And there was a recording studio on Sand Lake that he recorded like a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and when he was like near town and shit, and he lived and he had and an that apartment recording studio at Central was, Park. I tell you, that recording studio was tucked away in an industrial area because yeah. I went. Brooke Hogan was recording over there, and I went to go kick it with Hulk Hogan and and there, and that was one of the greatest moments of my life. KDS Studios. Yeah, right. In and the I back. became friends with. Uh, well, never mind. It's a whole other story, but uh, he would come to the mall, and his whole game was like, "What's up, baby? Hey, how you doing? Hey, you. Hey, hey my name's Rob. Uh, you want?" Everything on that rack, like oh, what you mean, like, baby? And he, you know, he had the entourage. Yeah, like, yo, this this is my man R. Kelly. You know who R. Kelly is, right? And R. Kelly, back in those days, like a lot of like famous people, you you know of them and you know who they are. But a lot of them, you've seen them in person, you wouldn't even know if that's right, really Right, because you didn't him. have the internet to stare at a person's face. You couldn't you do a face video. comparison, yeah. check his Twitter. Is he really yeah. here? I don't know. And. This motherfucker will be buying hoes, fucking clothes, and then and, and and hanging out with them and fucking them and 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 I'd never honestly on record I'd never seen them like fucking some young kids or yeah. doing some weird ass shit, pissing on people and shit. Well, that's good. You know, maybe maybe I fucking <laughs> turned them out. Maybe he was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling all these like hot. I don't want to believe girls. you turned out R. Kelly. Okay, maybe we'll scratch that part from the podcast. Yeah, but, uh, there's a couple times. Steven, I think that Mark, Mark, um, 57 minutes What I was trying to say half. is I tried to lead R. Kelly down the the right, the patches, the right, the path of righteousness. And he fucking, he went crazy. And I don't know. I, I don't know if he did. I don't, listen, I don't get into if or I don't know because I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't there either, but I know R. Kelly did that shit. Okay, I okay. wasn't there. <laughs> But I heard, and I didn't watch the documentary. Yeah. Because I don't want to ruin my Spotify playlist loaded with R. Kelly hits. 
Uh, fucking, fucking Jesus. But I heard he did some fucking pretty uh, shitty things. They were definitely despicable and should not be uh, fucking talked about. You know, we but told ourselves wanna, we weren't going down this road again. Hey, guess we did, and here we are. But I tell you what, we do got fucking content available. Uh, one day we'll be able to see R. Kelly getting his dick sucked at the Sausage Castle. Yeah, uh, but and she was over well over twenty one for the record. Let's hope so. <laughs> I know that I know this. She shopped at Charlotte Roos. Hey guys. That's the end of uh, this week's episode. Hold man. on, what? We can't end it on that. We, well, I, I did not want to. I would tell you that much. I, I did not. What about want to. the Aldi shopper that found the fucking potato, the face of Jesus on well, it? I hope we can get her on this show. Donald Trump's uh, willing to pardon Edward Snowden. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but we we hit Hold our on. point. We're really gonna end it we on had, fucking R. Kelly stories. Man, we shouldn't have. But yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Mike Busey. I'm Miguel Colon. Uh, Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying it. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, and do not listen to this show in the workplace (laughs) unless you're trying to get fired. We'll, We'll see you next week. We love you. Thank you, guys.